Hello, hello out there, PTG Universe. We are so glad to have you. Thank you for tuning in. We have an amazing show for you guys today with Kyle Spicka, uh, one of the biggest names in paintball and uh, one of the best snake players to ever play the game. In my humble opinion, he has um, done a lot of huge things for paintball and for the community and has a spectacular story of how he made it into the pro leagues, which we're super excited to share with you guys. Um, so before we get started, we wanted to let you know that this show is brought to you by our newest sponsor, who is uh, Heal Brand CBD. And they are an amazing CBD company and a CBD powerhouse for that matter. Um, they're doing amazing things in the landscape of CBD and they're aspiring to disrupt outdated ideas in that landscape, which is exactly what they're doing and doing some pretty noble things as well, like protecting the hemp farmers um, by giving them a trustworthy outlet to sell their hemp crops to. And uh, they've come up with some pretty spectacular stuff. Um, one of them is called... Uh, Nano CBD, which is what they have incorporated into their brand. Heal brand has the most high quality nano CBD. Uh, it is water soluble, has the ultimate absorption rate into your body and is true nanotechnology. And what nanotechnology is, it's the process of taking raw hemp oil, putting it through an additional refinement to break up the large CBD particles into microscopic greatness, which is more easily accepted into your body. It's able to pass through the cell walls easier, and it gets into your system uh, just about immediately as opposed to regular CBD that can take hours or even days to really start to circulate into your system because of the size of the molecules passing through those cell walls. Um, Nano CBD provides you with a faster CBD reaction, um, you have a more complete absorption into your endocannabinoid system. And a little bit of this stuff goes a long way, which is going to save you a lot of money. And uh, you don't have to use very much. You only use a few drops of nano CBD as opposed to having to use full tinctures, full droppers, which I think is really, really cool. And I have really enjoyed using it. It's uh, helped me to recover quicker and it helps me sleep really well at night. So I'm absolutely loving this stuff. Um, they have also a nano hemp energy shot, which is called the amp energy shot. And it has, you know, obviously nano hemp, vitamin B, vitamin C, uh, ginger and other natural flavors to help give you a huge boost. They're really awesome little shots. I think they're only like three or four bucks. Um, if you get on a subscription, I know there's a discount, but it's really cost effective to give a try and check out. And then to couple that, they also have Nano Knockout Sleep Aid, which I am absolutely addicted to. Uh, this stuff is amazing for helping to just, you know, every couple nights, every few nights, I'll, I'll take it and it just knocks me out and I have amazing sleep. I have amazing dreams and it is just spectacular stuff. And it obviously has the Nano Hemp in it uh, with melatonin and other natural flavors and it's really doing spectacular stuff. And as well, they also have CBD for pets to help out your uh, your animals and your pet friends. And uh, also cool down creams for your muscles, which are great for me as an athlete. If I get sore muscles, I rub that on and my muscles feel amazing. And uh, everybody deserves an opportunity to heal. And that's what this company is doing. Heal Brand is doing amazing things. They want to heal the world and we want to help them. So everybody go check them out. You can go to healbrand.com. If you use code play the game, you'll get 10% off on any orders and it's a great way to support them and support the show. So we absolutely love them and thank you Healbrand for everything you're doing. The show is also brought to you by the spectacular Transfuse. I'm sure you guys uh, have heard us talk about Transfuse quite a bit. 
actually in this show towards the end, uh, Kyle is a huge advocate of it as well. And we were talking about how, you know, people probably think that we're just blowing smoke, but this stuff is seriously the best hydration uh, formula ever comprised that I've ever taken. And not only that, but it helps you on so many different levels as well with mental clarity and with an immunity boost, which is fundamental right now. I mean, we're going through um, these crazy times with COVID and everybody needs to make sure their immunity is boosted and Transviews is doing that. So what Transfuse is, is a, um, it's a rapid hydration multiplier and immunity fortifying formula that is scientifically designed to help you replenish at the cellular level. And the thing that I love the most about it, it's all natural ingredients. So I know it's good for me. Uh, I don't put anything into my body that isn't all natural or isn't doing me um, a service. And, uh, you know, unless it's been a long week of paintball and I have to slop down some fast food, <laughs> which happens every once in a while. But for the most part, I'm being pretty healthy, which I'm proud of. Um, it combats dehydration, mental exhaustion. It supports your immune system and is also a sweet little hangover remedy. If you ever drink a little too much, you have some transfuse and you're going to be back up and kicking. Um, it has zinc, which is an essential vitamin in regulating immunity treating the common cold, and it improves uh, brain function and memory. So it's really spectacular stuff what Transfuse is doing. Also has vitamin C to help with your immune system, 1,500 milligrams, which is a heavy punch to keep you strong and booming into the future. And uh, like Emergency only has 1,000 milligrams. This uh, packet has 1,500, which is really awesome. It's like uh, Gatorade, coconut water, Emergency, um, all came together and uh, Pedialyte even, and had this amazing powerhouse formula, and they called it Transfuse, and it's been taking over. So we're super happy to be working with them and appreciate everything that they've been doing. Um, if you go to translabs.com and you use the code PLAYTHEGAME, you'll get 10% off. In addition to that, if you subscribe to getting Transfuse on a monthly subscription, they'll also take another 11% off, I think it is. So total, it's a 21% discount if you use code play the game and you subscribe for a monthly subscription. So log in there, see if it's right for you. Check out what they got going on. It's really amazing stuff. Once again, that's translabs.com, T-R-A-N-Z-L-A-B-S.com. Use code play the game and get dialed in with them. Uh, thank you, Transfuse. You guys are absolutely amazing. And I'm super excited to talk to you guys about our last sponsor of the show, Definitely not least, G2 Paintball. Absolutely love Victor Gamboa and Rusty Glaze. Everything they're doing for the paintball landscape. It is a, uh, a paintball athletics company, and it's never been done before. Um, there's never been anything quite like G2, and I'm so proud to be a part of the company and be helping out in any way that I can. Um, they're a paintball athletics company designed to help you become the best paintball athlete. And we actually have some clinics, uh, some some camps that we're running right now in Arizona. We have one this Sunday, actually, the 30th out at AZ Battle Zone. And we will be out there from 5 in the morning till 11 a.m. And we will be kicking some butt out there. <laughs> it is uh, definitely not an easy thing. But if you want to play at the top level in any division, 
you just have to be ready to, you know, it's not going to be easy. It's, uh, it, in life, anything in life, if you want good things to happen, it's not going to be easy and you got to work. So that's what we're doing is we're working you out in all of the athletic movements that you're going to make as a paintball player. It's just like if you were training to be the best football player or soccer player or any sport, you have to train specifics for that sport. So that's what we're doing with G2 paintball. And, uh, it's, it's taking athleticism and paintball to the next level. And I'm super proud, like I said, to be a part of it. Um, we're training to maximize your performance on and off the field. You're not only going to feel great when you play paintball, you're going to be dominating on the field, but also off the field, you're going to feel great as well because you've been working out and doing these paintball specific moves and staying in good shape, um, which is also very important during these times. It's used by Dynasty and we're pushing paintball players to become better athletes and go pro. Uh, we want to make sure we have a strong pro division moving into the future and G2 is helping to allow us to do that. So you can log in to g2paintball.com. Please go over there and give them a look. And uh, if you're in the Arizona area or even not in the Arizona area and want to make a little adventure into AZ and hang out with us, myself, Victor Gamboa, Rusty Glaze, and Brandon Unger, we are all training out here in Arizona at Wild West Paintball and at Battlezone Paintball. So right now the schedule is August 16th. We already did that one at Wild West. The next one is this Sunday. Uh, August 30th at Battle Zone, and then we will be at Wild West Paintball on September 12th, and then September 27th back at Battle Zone. October 11th will be at Wild West Paintball, and then October 25th will be back at Battle Zone. So please go over to g2paintball.com, give them a look, and sign up for some of these training courses. It is unparalleled what we're doing. We're teaching you everything that we know. I'm downloading every player that comes out to these clinics with everything that I know from my 20 years of uh, playing paintball. Um, I've been playing professionally since I was 14 years old. I'm 31 years old now, and I am giving it all away. I want you guys to inherit you know, these little tips and tricks that I've learned, and I'm very honored to be able to do this with G2 Paintball. So huge shout out to G2 Paintball. Thank you guys so much. And uh, without further ado, man, let's get rocking and rolling and hanging out with Kyle Spicka. He's a legend, and we cannot wait for you to hear this show. So let's rock. That was an insane inside move by Marcelo Margot. Great communication. And the crowd starts chanting Harmon. Great, great shot by all the guys. So Tyler Harmon saved that game. Came out with two wins. Marcelo Margot was on fire. Kyle, Spica, baby, my little warrior. I miss you so much, man. It's been forever. How are you doing, Kai? Good, good, man. Excited to be on here. Hell yeah, yeah big dude. dog. We've been we've been waiting for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's an honor. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on. Um, yeah, of you're course. A huge inspiration for the paintball community. Um, we'll get into you know your story and everything. But uh, before we get into all that, how's everything? In San Diego, you guys aren't too far apart from each other. Uh, Marcelo and Kyle, you kind of live in the same vicinity. So how's it going out there? It's good, man. I just I feel like, you know, and Marcelo knows too, like paintball like clinics and, and that type of stuff has started to get back pumping again. Like, uh, you know, it, it's still a little odd, just eerie, just the way things are going. But now I'm feeling like we're kind of getting used to everything, which is also odd in itself. But, you know, other yeah. than that, I, I'm just... Uh, I'm finishing up. I'm back at school. Um, finishing up, you know, I only had like two or three semesters left at San Diego State University from my Dude, business degree. Yeah. That's and, huge, uh, man. Nice. Yeah. Wow. It's all the major. I'm getting into all the deep major coursework, though. So now I'm like, I'm holding good grades. And now this is the real, the true test. 
Yeah. Yeah. You got to crunch down right now. So how's that going? What's, uh, what's going on in school right now? So, um, basically, you know, as far as COVID goes, like I, I just started at San Diego state in spring Mm -hmm. and I went to, I went on campus and got that whole experience. And then, um, towards the middle of the semester, obviously, you know, it was right when we got back from Vegas is when they shut everything down. Like I remember, I remember the date because they shut the school down, like just randomly out of one day, March 15th, like yeah, everything's going online. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, we'll be back then, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I took a couple of summer classes. Um, and then, uh, I, I got all my fall classes, which were actually scheduled for, you know, at on campus. And they're like, no, we can't, we can't do it. We only have like, they only offer like 200 classes on campus right now. And it's all for like engineer and science students and whatnot, like hands-on stuff. So dude, that's crazy. That's such a big accomplishment, dude. Like doing that. Dude, it's wild. And you know, I know you guys, uh, like to do like going to the store, the whole story background, but so I'll I'll get into that. Like the, the whole school thing was a pretty wild trip. I mean, I just got, I, I did two years at community college and then just got into San Diego state, but, um, yeah, that's huge, uh, bro. Yeah, it's it's been wild, but I think you know, honestly, for paintball, online school is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. gives you the flexibility to be able to to travel. Because so I'm loving right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hey, Kyle, and, and so sorry to our viewers. Um, I it's it's weird. It sounded good before we started recording, but I think your mic is just a little too close. It's pretty loud. If, okay. I don't know if we can move it down a little I bit. Mean, I'm, I'm sorry about that, dude. Try, That's my yeah. bad. Let's try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And San Diego State. Is, is, my uh, bad. How's it? How's it here? No. That sounds. Uh, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. Good. Check. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Too far. It's now, it's, now it's a little far, but it's. I okay. think it's better than. Uh, uh, I can get it a little bit closer. Oh yeah, like wherever it is, right there sounds great. Sounds money. Right here is good. There's no yeah. uh, feedback. All right. Cool. Perfect. Oh, dude, sweet. Yeah, so yeah, sorry. diving back into dude, San Diego yeah, State. Really quick, sorry to get off page right here, but yeah. it's funny, um, and we could talk about this too, but I, I got an Xbox at the beginning of COVID because I'm like, I need uh-huh. something to do. <laughs> I didn't have like the good headphones you need to play Call yeah. of Duty, which everyone's been playing. So Ryan, I was using this exact setup to play Call of Duty, and I play with like Nick Laval and Mouse and those guys a lot, and they were getting so mad at me because this thing literally would pit, this mic would pick up like Sloan and Ryan and doing whatever in the living room. And they're like, dude, you need to shut them up. I was like, I can't for the mic. Yeah. yeah. That, that mic is so good. That's what we use to film like any sort of BKI courses when you're out at the, at, at the yeah. field and it's like kind of muffled. It's so loud. Yeah. So loud. I was it actually going to ask you about playing video games uh, in this conversation. Like, do you think it has a, uh, gives you a little edge on the paintball field or what? Dude, you know, what's kind of funny um, is that, it has to. A I think bit. it might. Well, I, I think what it helps is like the team aspect, like as far as yeah. like communication and working. Because I mean, most of the people I think out there like play this format, this Call of Duty Warzone format. I, like, are you guys familiar with how, how it works? Yeah. I, I was yeah. just on the phone with Ronnie Dizon uh, earlier today. We had like a 45 minute conversation. He was telling me, but I think he wants to go pro. You know, he wants to become a professional yeah. video gamer, dude. He's obsessed I mean, with he, He's with how he is with social media, you know, like he, he yeah. that's something he could do, especially like Twitch and whatnot. But uh, going off what you said, it's pretty funny. So, like, you know, it's like notorious that girlfriends hate. Of course. Call it like video <laughs> games, especially this game. 
Um, and they I don't started, want you twiddling those sticks. They want you twiddling. Some, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I had to take it. <laughs> uh, so, I started dating, so I started dating this girl in May and, um, you know, we, we were dating for a little while and then I kind of like hid the video games, like all these did when she wasn't there and then like slowly yeah. like working in it. And obviously, you know, uh, she wasn't super stoked about it eventually. And then uh, <laughs> finally I was like, look, I, I can't go to the gym. I can't play paintball. This game is so hard. And when you win, it's yeah. for me, it's like the gratification that I get when playing paintball. And I don't have that right now. So, so like the few times that I can go to the paintball field, cool. But like, I'm for, and it's not like I'm playing it all day. You know, I'm still working. Well, you out had to let her know. Sport. You had to let yeah. her know. <laughs> but like there is, there is a cool sense of it. Like you get yeah. that competing feeling, you know, for that sure. you're, it's, it's, there's like a, it's really hard to win, to win the, that game. And that gives you like that sense of like that you're competing, even though, you know, it with for the sure, crazy dude. time. So it's, yeah. it's a challenge. It's yeah, a challenge. Yeah. And there's a sense of camaraderie too, because you're playing it with your buddies, with your actual paintball teammates. Yeah. You guys are, uh, you know, on the whole, I remember back when we used to play a lot of digital paintball, like exactly. even, even with mouse, we'd be on the phone, you know, as if we're communicating throughout the game. And it was, you know, I guess it was a paintball game, but it was the next best thing to paintball because, you're it's a it's a team aspect it's still team oriented you're challenging yourself i think also video games are really good for your reflexes too dude a hundred percent like i was um looking at like what you know makes and i heard you were talking uh, um to dave cheney about the the ninja gamer like mm-hmm. uh like that's right their their reflexes are way higher that like same thing with like formula one drivers like their reflexes yeah. have to be you know on a, on a level that you know sometimes you can't even learn that like it just has an innate yeah yeah yeah. and then you figure it out through other things yeah we need video games right now man you know what i mean no paintball we gotta have something yeah to let her know listen girl i I, i'm a professional paintball player i need these video games and it's funny so to add on to that i was finally like all right i'm making you play this game so you can see so i made i let her play multi like the multiplayer setting which is like way easier and it was really tougher and i was like all right so i have to do this 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 and i only have one life so yeah. imagine how much harder it is. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, understand. I know. We we always teach that at like clinics and stuff. It's like, you know, it only takes one paintball to get eliminated or to eliminate somebody, which is yeah. uh, it's pretty impressive when you think about it that way, when you have hundreds and as the game progresses, even thousands of paintballs that have been shot in a game, it's like to not get hit is pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what makes paintball so great because like no matter what you do, like it's mm-hmm. you're, you can never be perfect. You can never be perfect yeah. at paintball. And I, I was, I was coaching this team, uh, last weekend, um, shooters down here. They're like out of North LA. And when I was at a practice with them and I was like, you know, when guys would get shot in, in stupid gunfights, I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey man, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even gunfight with a guy come out eight times on a guy that it's his first time playing. Because mm-hmm. he's still shooting a paintball the same speed as me, and it's just like <laughs> you're asking for it, you know. It's like yeah, they all got guns. Yeah, yeah, they all got guns out there, yeah. you know. <laughs> for sure, yeah, dude. You, you best you best believe if it's his first time, I'm coming out fifty times. In a row. <laughs> 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 no, it's funny. Uh, I have to highlight that um, when we were at the summer camp. You know, we last year. Um, not this one that just passed, but the year before we didn't uh-huh. really play at all. And then this yeah. year we, we got, we jumped in a little bit and yeah. I think you played the the point like before I'd played at all. And these kids are getting really good now. And, uh, Mar- we're doing three on threes and Marcelo like gets into a gunfight with this kid and like, 
I just watch his body language from behind myself. I was like, okay, I got to like play serious right here. This kid's not messing yeah. around. Dude, he came so, to my side of the field. I was yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> we engaged in a heavy gunfight. Later that point, uh, so I shot that first kid, and then the, the kid behind him actually shot me in the face. It whoa. was it was yeah, it was crazy. Same point, same exact yeah. point. I know which one you're talking about. And uh, then I shot the first guy, and I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool, easy, piece of cake. Now this yeah. kid's in the back, right? I just kind of moseyed into the fifty, and I'm like playing on the wire, and dude, he just sent a super straight ball right in. It was I one of those stubborn things. Too. Like this, your shoulders are like, okay, <laughs> I got to give this kid the business now. Yeah, like, I totally. Get rid of yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a cool thing. Of- yeah, like two like two points later after that, the same thing happened to me. I was battling with yeah. this kid Will, who like got MVP of the the whole uh, camp because he was playing so good. And we were in a pretty heavy battle, and I was like, "All right, this kid's not messing around." Yeah, yeah, dude, the skill level awesome. is is good these days, man. Kids are doing yeah. good. And how awesome is is the BKI crew really? You know, because a lot of these kids have come to multiple events. Will was at summer camp last year. That I think he, I think he got introduced to the whole system from Ryan. I think he went to one of Ryan's clinics in Georgia or something like that, uh, and then came to the summer camp, and then he's been to the Combine since then, obviously summer camp again. He's part of the BKI program, works nonstop. But there's so many of the kids that for the last three years have come every single year, and how good they've gotten is unreal, dude. Oh, yeah. Insane. Unreal. They're they're so hungry and they're so passionate, kind of like, you know, what it – what it takes and what you need to get to the top, like how we were. And like, you know, we're always saying to these kids, like, dude, there wasn't as many opportunities to go to pro clinics. I mean, it was good, especially for you guys. Cause you're, you grew up around pro guys, but like where I was trauma was the only close team. Um, and no one was really doing clinics. Like you had to be involved with their camps. Um, but like, dude, if I could have paid a hundred bucks to go learn from a pro, like I definitely yeah. would have jumped on that, you know? So absolutely. Shout I out to trauma. What, yeah. a, what a camp that was. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma was so dope. Do you have any of those jerseys by chance? Um, I do have one trauma jersey and I still have my gridlock jersey. Like I've yeah. had people hit me up to sell it and I was like, I'm not going to sell it. And no. if yeah, I no did, it like $3,000 and I know you don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Probably enough money that I can be like, all right, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> right. I know I have a, I have a twisted kids jersey. I have two of them actually with Harmon on the back that are like my first jerseys ever before i went pro you know and uh yeah those will never go anywhere (laughs) it's funny um the team that i coach uh jp is actually playing again jp icing yeah shout uh, out to jp and arnold francisco is on the team yeah arnold yeah and it was so funny because like when i heard when i heard that like i came up and like yeah that was the first two i came to and i'm like dude i'm like for me it's still cool to like yeah yeah. coaching you guys and like it like gives me chills even saying i was like dude i have the utmost respect for you and like i'm your coach today but just know like you know i might tell you to do something but i'm still like yeah do you what know. you want <laughs> yeah, like, for the listeners that don't know who jp augustin and arm francisco are jp had a Big time run with uh, the Ironman. Uh, Arnold Francisco was Tyler's boy. They're on uh, Oakland Assassins. Those dudes were studs back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And we even had JP come on uh, to like the hybrid team when Oakland meshed with hybrid. Um, JP was on one of those teams. I can't remember which one. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah. I ran with JP on the same team as well. He's a legend. They're both legends. Huge shout out to Arnold and JP. Yeah. And I, I loved yeah. it too because JP, after he like came up to me, he was like, Hey, dude, man, that was like really awesome. And I have like 
you know, huge respect for how, how you coach. And just like, he's like, you had like a perfect blend of like Rusty Glaze and a little Mike Kinman. And he's like, yeah. Alex Frazier. And he's like, I fucking love Alex. And like, yeah. he's like, you remind me so much of him. And I was like, well, he taught me a lot of the stuff that I know. Mm-hmm. So you coach really well, dude. I, I love uh, seeing it because we're at a lot of these events together and, and, you know, we were often coaching different teams, but I, yeah. I know everybody that you coach really loves the job that you do. Yeah. And I mean, dude, I think you and I have, like, we've talked about it and cause we've coached a lot of the same players on these like mm-hmm. pickup things for, through BKI. And I, I think like I attribute that one to just like our passion and love for it. It's like a part yeah. of us. Like, it's yeah. like we're playing on the field, you know, it's yeah, not yeah. there. We're just doing the job. You know, we, we feel like if, if the team, you know, if the team messed up, like I'm on the field with them and, and, sure. and bringing the passion and the energy and like, you know, you have to do that perfect balance of praise and then like, you know, not punish, but like, you know, be stern with the guys and, and mm-hmm. make them aware of their, their mess ups and whatnot. Totally. Absolutely. It's the yeah. only way they're going to learn, man. Yeah. Yeah. got to be real with them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. like credit to, to Hinman, like, and I always talk about this too. Cause like a common thing you always see and Ryan and I were just talking on Monday about this on our live show. Is it like, a guy will be in the snake and I know you guys know this is like a classic like unexperienced move like a guy's in the snake and he has the whole wire but like he <laughs> wants to get out of the snake and run to the center brick because it's just oh, like the Dorito 2 and the Dorito corner left and you're like yeah that's one thing that Hinman like you no know, regardless if you win the point regardless if you win the match 7-0 like he would rip you for that because like just you know that's gonna work sometimes but like you know, eight times out of 10, like you got to follow those fundamentals, get to the tape, you know, close the game. Yeah. And you're, you're speaking on something super important there because, you know, obviously I do a lot of coaching as well. And the divisional teams that I coach, there's some really good players on, on the team, you know, that do well in their division. So they will break the rules or do what they're not supposed to. And they get away with it. Yeah. And I, I kind of come down on them and they don't get it. I'm like, listen, I understand that it worked, but I promise you a more experienced player on the other side is going to pick you apart for doing that. They're going to they're going to make you pay for giving up the advantage. You want to play the highest percentage always. You know, don't underestimate the other team just because I don't know, you feel like this might be an easier way. There is a systematic way to play the game. Um but it's also just like in coaching that you need a perfect balance of some sternness and praise and you know there is a balance there. There's also a balance in playing. You want to play a systematic game, but sometimes you do got to throw the the rules out the window and yeah. and go go off script. But I think in order to do that, you do have to reach a level of understanding the rules so well and understanding how you're supposed to play the game so that you're making a very educated decision. It's not really just off script. You're, you're, you might just be like four steps ahead, you know? You're like, well, traditionally, this is what I'm supposed to do. That player is at this level. He's probably thinking that I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so I can counter with this. And it, it seems like you're playing in the, in, in the flow and you're not thinking, but you really are thinking. You're just processing it really fast. Dude, and, and to like add on to what you're saying, you know, that comes down to, and I, I told those guys this weekend, I was like, you guys can do that stuff and get creative. But what you have to think about is that the guy behind you, like say I'm in the snake and you're in the insert snake bunker, Marcelo, and I go and take that move, even though we have like charger, the whole snake size blown mm-hmm. at that point, I know that you're going to look at me and you're know that I'm trying to figure something out. You're going to fill out to the snake tape and just be present over there and keep your body alive and give me room to work with instead of, you know, 
giving your body up that you think, okay, now we just got to rush or something like that. It's a lot of, you know, push and pull and, and you knowing your teammates that yeah. they're going to be able to see what you're doing and pick up on that and know that I got to give that teammate room to work and I got to keep my, preserve my body and also fill this gap that he might've left open. There's a lot like that. That's, you know, essentially what it comes down to is knowing, knowing your teammates, you know, totally at the, at the highest level, that's everything Um, at the pro level. I can read what Marcelo or or Alex or whoever, you know, um, Yosh, Yarber, doesn't matter who's beside me. I can read what's going to happen before they even say a word or, and we've already scripted a lot of it. But it all comes off that body language. You got to read each other and you got to know each other better than they know themselves almost, you know, so that you can um, have those. That's when the split second decisions start to happen without even having to vocalize. You're already able to read it immediately without words having to be said because you know each other so well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, you know, that that's a big part, too. I was talking to the team about this weekend is like, you know, what makes such what makes a great player is that, you know, you could be the best snake player of all time and you're still going to get shut down. Like, you know, there's countless tournaments, you know, I, I, I th- I'd give a big shout out to mouse. You know, he's had a great last, like, you know, four or five years, but there's still games that like, if a team wants to shut him down, they're going to shut him down. But he also knows that like, all right, I have to do things or, or you know, what makes a great player is that they know that just that survivability or whatnot, you give the ball away to your team and that's going to alleviate you. It's not always, you know, yeah. your job. And, and there's, I think there's, there's that three main components, your own personal skill, you know what the opponents are doing and you know what your team is doing. And you know, like, I, I know if we come out to the field and I'm playing with you, Tyler, Marcelo, like I know that if I see that either one of you guys are ball one, I instantly can, if I was supposed to do a job, I also have to calculate maybe one of you guys dropped a heavy zone on the Dorito side or on the snake side that now I have to pick that up till we reposition ourselves. So, you know, I think that that like, you know, is a good thing for, for younger guys to aspire to is like, obviously personal capabilities are really important, but knowing what the opponents are doing and knowing what your teammates are doing. And like, you guys always talk about it, like the greats at, at that job, you know, like the Ryan Greenspans, the Archies, the J reps, they're really good at, at, they have done that with just knowing all those three components. And that in my eyes is what, you know, really makes those most elite players is that they can do all three things fast. Yeah. A lot of it is preparation too. You know, it's as simple as that. When I coach these teams, I say, look, we have, we have the game plans. You guys are able to study these game plans. If you show up and you only know your job, how are you ever supposed to fix a game plan that doesn't work 10 seconds after the breakout? If you don't know what everyone else is supposed to do, you don't understand the importance of losing Kyle or losing Tyler or losing Marcella. You don't know, you know, because you know you're supposed to go to snake one, crawl down and shoot people. But if you lose someone that's protecting you, well, guess what? You might not want to go all the way down to their head and just be put on a platter to get bunkered, you know? Yeah. Or or you or you might and you want to get a couple kills real quick. But no, <laughs> no, but but it's so important to know what the whole game plan is so that you can calculate those adjustments on yeah. the fly. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you, I know you guys can attest to this and that's why why our you know, on Dynasty and it still is, you know, like for you guys like the meetings would go so long and I remember there would be times like when the meetings over and I'd be like, "All right, so what <laughs> if this player gets shot out?" 
in this game plan. And then I was like, all right, what if this player gets shot out? And then they're like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> but it was go. good. Yeah. You know? It was good to iron those out because then everyone's aware, you know, it's like, that's you right. Need, you need that stuff. That's what, yeah. that's what wins championships. Ultimate awareness, dude. The team that's the most aware and the most present in the moment, calculating, breaking down all the situations, all the different, you know, things that can happen. That's how you win championships right there by doing oh, the sure. mental work. You got to do the physical work. As you know, Kyle, you're, you're one of the most in shape paintball players on the pro circuit. Um, but you also that. have to do the mental work as well. And it's just as important, you know, yeah. if not more important, I think I would have to agree with you. Yeah. 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 Um, because, you know, having 12 abs is great, but making the right decisions is even better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> so, sorry but, not to jump off too much off topic off that, but I was yeah. having like some, uh, some lower back issues. I mean, every snake player has its notorious snake back. Sure. You know? Snake back. Um, yeah. <laughs> I went to uh, like a sports therapist and he's like, you know why you're having this problem? He's like, your core is weak. I was like, look at i'm what? ripped and he's like he's <laughs> like ripped. yeah that's just for show though he's like your core is weak and i was like Whoa. man so and, and uh that's crazy i just did a, a big bki um workout thing and i did it um at the camp um but you know i worked with scott kemp a lot and he kind of showed me this like this great mix that you can get to like reduce that pain you know um, totally and because- so that was it's like a balance between your abs and your back, right? Yeah. You have to have all the muscles and everything in between all dialed in or otherwise something can go a little array, you know? Yeah. I mean, to, just to keep it short, like what I figured out with working with Scott and that sports therapist is that like essentially, you know, what people neglect, they're always like stretching their hamstrings uh, in the back, like those back leg muscles because it's a really easy stretch to do. But where you're getting a lot of tightness, because we sit all day, like we're all sitting right now, is like in our hip flexors, there's tons of pressure there. And it's just like your shoulders, like stress goes there too. And those are so tight. And then your back, like your glutes, your butt, your hamstrings, all that is is loose. So it creates that imbalance. But everyone's still stretching that loose part and not stretching that. So it, you want to kind of like correct that, engage more so the back side of your legs, stretch out the front. And then you engage that core and that's really going to fine tune those three pieces into, into supporting you. Like as you, before you go into pl- a day of playing or whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, you could do that for one day. You could go out and play a Sunday and your back might not hurt, but you know, when you go on that Thursday practice, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, like Sunday you're hurting, you're not taking <laughs> yeah. care of your body. That's right. Especially as a front guy, you know? Oh, for sure, dude. You guys throwing yourselves at the ground. And, yeah. you know, I'm on the Dorito side. You typically lead Dorito. Throw yourself on the ground, probably the hardest. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah the, only, the only thing you're hurting is the rest of the earth. <laughs> and it's maybe your paintball gun or something. Yeah. Yeah, I've lost a lot of paintball guns for sure. Earth, Mother Earth, watch out. Dude, she, she's Alex cradling me. For you. Yeah. She's taking a beating from you, but yeah. she still loves you. Dude, it's mutual. It's yeah, mutual. Yeah. You yeah, pay it back. That's it, baby. You know how it goes. Yeah, um, yeah. So I want to uh, I want to dive into your grassroots. I want to hear um, how you got into this amazing sport that we all love, man. Um, you started out there in North Carolina. Shout out to uh, my North Carolina folk out there and um, Petey Pablo. Yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to know how it all started for you out there. Give us the uh, scoop. So first day of paintball. First yeah. day of paintball. So I believe that I, I always kind of like forget where I was at. I, I want to say it was like sixth or seventh grade. 
I think in that 2003, 2004 area. So it was about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I think that that's exactly when it was. Um, but in my neighborhood where I lived, I had a couple of friends and their dad had like a few acres behind his house and they would set up like a, a outside course um, in the woods, fill up, go to the scuba tank, fill up those big, big long tanks. And then, yeah. you know, everyone would fill up their air from there. And then, uh, and I think it was, I believe it was CO2, I think. Uh, oh, I'm pretty wow. sure. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and That's so we went out there and they're like, all right, before you play, you have to go stand over there like 50 yards away and we have to shoot you so that you can feel what it feels like. So, and I was petrified. I mean, dude, I think I was scared of paintballs for the, I don't know, <laughs> two, three years that I played. Like, uh, but get to why I think that may be better. Uh, 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 real quick. I'm, I'm sorry. Did how old did you say you were? I think I was, was, I had to be, I mean, if it was 2000. 13, 2014, I would have had to be 13 no, or 14. No, two, two, 2003, sorry. 2003, 2004. I had to be 13 or 14. Because okay. I, I, okay. I know, you know, I went to my first World Cup in 2005, which I think was yeah. like about two years. Yeah, those, those pictures you sent are amazing. Yeah. Um, everybody listening, Kyle has a ton of golden pictures just of, of like Tyler back in the day. Me and Kyle actually, like when you, yeah. dude, we thought we were so old. We were like 20 years old. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Babies, it's just crazy, dude. Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt, man. But no, yeah, it's okay. we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. That'll be that'll be coming up. We're gonna have um, to post those on the on the play the game Instagram. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I played played a little bit um, in the backyard. I loved it, and then I convinced my mom to get me uh, a spider extra, a big green metal spider <laughs> extra with like the big things on the back. It's huge. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think I just used like a gravity fed hopper or something, just chopping paint. Like that was a mess, but dude, um, I sold, I sold a lot of those out of twisted paintball when I was a kid. You did. Yeah. That's awesome. For sure. I, think, I, I forgot what I was talking. I think I was talking to Ryan the other day. I think that gun was electronic, but I, I don't. Yeah. I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so did that for a little bit, fast forward. And then, um, I found this crew of guys at my paintball school and like, um, you know, seventh, eighth grade that played like tournament paintball. Nice. And they were like, Hey, why don't you come out to the field with us one day? And I go out there. Um, and I remember that, I mean, there was like the big dogs out there. It's like the first time you see tournament players, you're like, dude, I don't want to play these guys. And like the, the speedball fields had the hoses that connected all the bunkers. Yeah. Um, so, which is like, I still mind blown that that someone thought that, that was a logical idea. Yeah. A bunch of, uh, uh like trip wires everywhere. Yeah, because I know that le- I know that leaf blowers were invented at that point, And it's yeah. like, that just yeah. seems like very logical but either way. Um, I don't know. It seems logical to me, dude. You could just turn it on and, and it's the whole field is up. Boom. Yeah. I, it's a very, like, uh, very logical thing for a lazy person. I think. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah. or maybe maybe if they would have had the hose like below the bunker but they were the hose was always like running somewhere it was like a huge tripping hazard yeah i was like definitely like if you wanted to go like through the 30 and 40 yard line like you have to yeah. hop over that thing you know yeah it was uh, essentially like when they grid the fields now but they use the yarn it was like a uh, grid but with these big yeah. arrows. <laughs> yeah. and now going back and thinking about it, it's like dude that must have been so hard when you're like trying to set up a different layout because you have yeah, like, I was to say, yeah. Because like, so I have, don't know where that hose would go, like in the back of the bunker where the hose is now. Like, yeah, we'll have to look that up to see. It was, it was definitely yeah, an arcade. Uh, the very first steps, the baby steps of uh, airball. <laughs> yeah. So I remember. So I was going out there, and I'm like, dude, these guys had 
those insane intimidators at the time. Like that was like the gun <laughs> of the field that was like, if you have one of these, like your big dog yeah. shooting. I was, shoot, I was shooting that thing. I, I know you were like <laughs> shooting, you know, 20 balls a second uh, yeah. fa- or faster. Um, so whatever I got, I got the, you know, balls to go out there and play with these guys. And I remember um, I, well, one, I got bunkered and I got shot one shot in my thigh and one shot in my back. The shot in my back, like it must've skimmed my Jersey. And I was just like, oh man, paintball zone actually hurt that bad. And I was like hooked. And then I looked at the welt on my leg. And I don't know if you guys remember this. Like I, I swear that when you were not used to getting shot by paintballs, the bruises mm-hmm. were huge. For sure. And yeah. you know, like when you, uh, you know, like maybe those big jawbreakers, you get at Cracker Barrel, you're like when you yeah. see that thing cut off half, there's like seven different colors. That's yeah. what my thigh looked like. And I swear to God, it was like the size of my head on my thigh and my mom was like what the hell i was like no it was fine didn't even hurt like (laughs) and i i remember being hooked at that point because i was like i want to do that to someone else and it doesn't actually hurt that bad because you know with the adrenaline and whatnot you know yeah um so that's like what hooked me and then i remember there was a guy at the field selling a rat impulse uh and i he was like i'll give you the gun the tank and the egg hopper total for like 600 bucks which like you know, for good deal at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I've told this story a few times, like through other, you know, avenues, but like growing up, it was just me and my mom, my mom and dad split up when I was two and, and she didn't make a lot of money at all. And like, mm-hmm. I, you know, for her, that was like so hard to grasp, like dude, 600 bucks. That was like yeah. probably double the rent of our apartment at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she was like, dude, I don't know if I could do that, blah, blah, blah. Dude, and, huge uh, shout out to Karen and your grandma. Yeah, Best people she, in I, the was world. Just, I was just about to say, such amazing people, both of them. I, yeah. I miss seeing them at events. I, I know they're going to listen to this too. So oh, we, yeah, we my mom's going to love listening so to this. Much. Yeah, and, dude, and love my you. biggest fans. <laughs> And, and and my mom is probably my mom's probably the biggest dynasty fan I know even like whatever yeah. team I go to and like I'll jump to a quick funny story. Uh, yeah. Last year uh, when I was on the Ironman, we got knocked out. Uh, we didn't make it out of the the prelims, or, or maybe we got knocked out at the beginning of Sunday. My mom switched out of her Ironman shirt <laughs> that I gave to her, put on a dynasty shirt. There you go, baby. We love you. Thank I'm you. I'm like commentating with maddie and i come down from the booth and uh someone's like hey <laughs> your mom's in the vip booth wearing a dynasty shirt telling everyone she's your mom and i was like oh and at the time <laughs> it was like driving me crazy but like yeah. i gotta laugh at it oh, and, like, yeah. I, I just have the most respect because like dude everyone on dynasty like mm-hmm. everyone has been so amazing to my mom and and, and my grandma and like that's gone so far and you know, you can see it. And that's why I have like the biggest love for the team. That's like, you know, yeah. my family team, you know? Of course. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's where, that's where it all started, buddy. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we, you, me and uh short dog, Brandon short, we came yeah. on the squad. They said, they said dynasty will never win again. That's what they yeah, were saying. Exactly. I remember, I remember them saying that. And then we came out just swinging for swinging. the fences. Dude. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that that actually will segue into this this next part. So I I'm like my mom gets a gun, you know, and I she's basically like you need to get you need to get a job. So I by this time I'm I'm like a freshman in in high school and uh, I get my workers permit at like 15. I think it's like you, know, you have to be 15 and a half or something to get your workers permit. I get that. I start. I quit all my after school sports. I play. I played a ton. Like I was playing lacrosse, um, soccer, and I was even wrestling. 
and all the practices were after school, but I got a job at this uh, surf shop and I was also a, like a bus boy at a Texas roadhouse. And so Good I was for you, dude. two jobs. And but like for me, I was like, dude, I have to send you guys this picture. My mom was like, what do you want to do besides paintball? And it was like, nothing. it was just like paintball, paintball, paintball. I don't want to watch <laughs> TV like you. I just want to play paintball. And like, yeah, yeah. so she knew how much I loved it and she was super supportive of it. Um, so she made things work. And then she was also kind of like taught me, you know, the like what hard work is, you know, and, and to have a good work ethic. So, which I'm thankful for, you know, now where I'm at, cause I can be grateful for everything. But, um, you know, that, that basically got me into loving tournament paintball. And I remember I would go to, and I, I know Marcel, you talk about this all the time, like go to Barnes and Nobles, pick up a face full. Mm-hmm. And like, I, at that time, like I didn't know how to like get posters. And like, I also didn't want to ask my mom to buy posters. So I would rip like my favorite photos out of the, out of the, uh, the facefuls and I would tape them all the way across like the top of my, yeah. my room. So like my room, like the border of the top was all filled with just like single face photos of like, Dude, I actually, of, I did the same thing when I was a kid, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would take these pictures and I just, nice. my whole room was just layered with paintball pictures. Yeah. Dude. And, and, uh, what's awesome about that is like, uh, most of the photos are like, dude, of you guys are like, and then even before your guys' time, it was just like Ryan, Oliver, B Short, like these legends that I was like, obviously I aspired to be that, but realistically in my mind, I was like, dude, I'm never going to meet these guys. Cause it's like, it, you know, it'd be like in my eyes. And I know you guys felt the same way. It's like Tom Cruise or like Tom Brady or like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. Like it was it was literally the same thing. Cause when you're so infatuated with that sport, like, you know, that's, uh, who you, you know, you're looking up to as like the, the superheroes, like you always say, Marcelo, um, Kyle, you were, you were doing something that you didn't even realize, dude, yeah. you were manifesting your reality, dude. You, you, you know, they write books about this. There's countless books about what you did and you, you really didn't realize what you were doing, but you were so invested. Like you said, you wrote paintball, 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 yeah, paintball, yeah. paintball. You know what I'm saying? You were on your path and it's no wonder that you're wearing an impact shirt on this show right now. You play for one of the, you know, one of the most winningest teams the in the current landscape of pro paintball right mm-hmm. now. And it's because you had that laser sharp focus, man, and you were dialed in and you knew where you were heading and you were putting just nonstop paintball into your brain and it bred you to be this animal that you are, you know? For sure. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah say something or so okay. uh yeah i was i was actually just gonna gonna say that it's even more special because it's not like you were in southern california like i no, was yeah or, or where tyler was where we had the pros around us you were in north carolina you know and, and there there was you know like you said there was trauma back then so that was you know definitely a little something but these pros that you were putting up in your room it it really was a distant kind of dream to attain you know and because- it was all california like for the yeah. most part, you know, it was Cal- mostly yeah. California. <clears throat> yeah, California was the mecca of paintball back then, especially. I mean, there was just no place bigger. You had the Oakland Assassins, Infamous, Ironman, Dynasty. Um, it was insane. You know, we had all the teams, all the top players. SC Village was in its glory days where uh, all the superstars, all the superheroes were, were out there playing every single weekend. So yeah. For me, I, it was really easy for me. I don't want to say easy, but much easier than it was for you to to see that on the weekends firsthand. You know, I got to see these players in the flesh. So I was like, I can do that. I want to do that. I'm going to yeah. do whatever I can to do that. 
But for you, you're looking at pictures in a magazine, literally. And that's that's to me, that's why your story is even more special, which is why Tyler and I really wanted to have you on the show and are so thankful that you're here because Appreciate there's that. so many players that are listening and going to listen to this that might feel like, eh, there's, there's really not much opportunity for me. Uh, maybe I'm going to give up on my dream, even if it's not paintball, whatever it is, right? But your story is just such a true testament to pursuing what you want and, you know, go, enduring the struggles and the hard times as well and being being willing to kind of eat shit for a little bit yeah. in order to reap the benefits long term which you have absolutely done and you're one of the best players in the world now paintball's taking you all over the world you know yeah. and um yeah we'll obviously dive into that but i just want to highlight like you you weren't handed anything you yeah. were in north carolina on the other side of the country and truly had to fight and claw your way to the top yeah now, and- yeah. Go ahead. What you now, now you're roommates with Brian Greenspan. That must be the punishment for anything bad. You've done. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, so uh, going forward, actually, for I, I was just thinking on this. I had two posters, and I don't know if this is like kind of a mean thing to say, but I, I kept them on my wall. It was, it was Skinny Kevin and Rodney Squires, the old Dynasty posters, and I was and they were the only ones left that I could buy. <laughs> no, Dude, shout I mean, out two legends, you know, I love skinny. I love Rodney. Like, oh yeah. Um, Absolutely. But it was just funny that that's all that was left. And then like, as I grew up, I was like, man, I didn't even have the best times. <laughs> no, no shame to them, but it's, whatever. It's like uh, co- it's like collectors' cards or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know. But dude, uh, we've been playing. I actually saw Skinny uh, not too long ago at Ryan's house. He was having fun. It's always good to see him and Rodney. We've been running around with Ten Man. He's still doing it, dude. Still yeah, running around. Yeah, dude, Rodney's <laughs> awesome, man. I, I've he's learned to appreciate Rodney more than ever. Just the last few times he's come out to Dynasty practice. Um, yeah. He he actually always offers some. You know. He doesn't overstep his boundaries because it's not like he's there all the time. Um, and and every now and then he'll he'll give me a little bit of advice in the pit, you know. And, and he for still sure. has very valuable stuff to contribute, man. He um, oh, for sure he knows yeah. his stuff, dude. Ronnie's the man. And then uh, yeah, it, it's nice to have a lot of the old dynasty guys kind of come out because yeah, it really is like a long term brotherhood mm-hmm. fraternity kind of you know, yeah. kind of thing that they have. And it's, it's beautiful. There's been so many amazing, not only players, but the one thing that I think dynasty has always um, done very well is they've picked um, players with really good character, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and so everybody that's always been in the camp is just somebody that you want to be around both on and off the field, you know? And sure. I think that like, that was the whole reason that I wanted to come play for dynasty. I mean, forever, you know? All um, of us. More, yeah. You know, because like, all the guys you could just relate to to all the guys and it goes all the way back you know yeah totally and dude you know what's funny that i actually just haven't even thought about till right now when i just said that something like pretty eerie is that uh both i played on entourage where rodney was a coach and skinny kevin was my coach and those are the only two dynasty players that have ever i've ever been coached under besides like playing alongside but like those Whoa. are my two of my coaches, dude. There yeah. it is again. See, without dude, you even knowing it, <laughs> that's really hard because I get. Don't, hey, ahead. don't forget Mike Hinman. He was a dynasty yeah, player. Mike, Mike Hinman as well, but I didn't have his poster. So. Yeah. And Rusty, Rusty was a yeah. dynasty player. Rusty, and then Todd as well too. So, oh yeah, yeah Todd. Was yeah. Damn. yeah, but uh, yeah, the, but yeah, the those dynasty two guys lineage. Your poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll come to uh, that that as we as we 
get there. So yeah, I'll fast yeah. forward a little bit to um, take your time, baby. Was, yeah. So once I got good, I started going to South Carolina, um, basically Myrtle Beach area to play with this. There was this team. We had CFOAs, which I know some people are familiar with. It's still around, but it's not definitely not on the scale it was like cfoas were the size of nxls at that that's point, right you know yeah. 2005 2006 and there was basically there was basically um d1 which at the time was pro um, essentially because you could have two or three pro guys so trauma guys were playing on their ultimate guys were playing on on those teams strange philly americans everyone um and that really got me into like solid solid tournament paintball i played some local tournaments before that i kind of skipped over but like going into this like i started going to there and actually um sean mcdonald crunchy he was out there playing before he got on excessive uh he was playing on this team called fat city paintball and i remember everyone would be like hey come watch this match and watch this kid play he's insane and he was out there crushing just like running shooting to all the 50s and just dominating uh really just playing out of his mind and i was like i want to be like that kid you know um, yeah. and he's an athletic specimen like yeah. yourself dude. yeah absolutely and, and so um i was playing with this team authority who at the time they were winning like they were winning almost like out of six events in the year they were winning like four or five just super dominant and they let me get on the team i wasn't getting a lot of play time but i eventually got more play time that team fizzled out and i knew of gridlock at the time but i wasn't really ready yet so I ended up going to try out for the team. And at this time, at this moment, I'm like 16, I'd say. Um, nice. 2006, 2006, 2007, got on the D3 team. And at this point, you know, the, the year I got on the team, there was two D3 teams, a D2 team, a D1 team, and then the pro team trauma. So between the camp, we had like, I don't know, 125 players. And then like all the parents, like we were run, we were coming to PSPs with, 175 people like you guys were a mob yeah it's like we we, you know and and it was broken down you know i hear like people complaining these days about like payments like we had to pay 250 bucks a month just for like paint and entry fees and then we had to buy our own hotel and our own air airfare to the to the field um and then we had to pay for those packages for the gun and gear you know like we were just talking about this with Yarber. Uh, Blake Yarber was just on. How many players, you know, we? I, I've been very fortunate to be sponsored for, I mean, it's insane how long. I mean, it's almost 20 years. Yeah. I, I paid for everything for a couple of years and then got on Oakland. But but I we did pay for our stuff, you know, and you have yeah. to do that. And you have to really, no matter how long it takes, if that's your vision and you want to climb the ranks and you want to go places in paintball, you're going to have to knuckle up and pay some pay some money. You know oh, what I mean? sure. Yeah. Uh, and then so, you know, going um, going into that, and this is going to be something that's really good when we get to it. But like, I never, I never got a first place. I got, I was always getting second place. Like we on that D three year, I got, we got like two national second places. Never a first. So then the next year, I was getting bumped up to D two, um, and I think I played like a couple. We played a couple events D two. Um, and at the time, uh, Vicious was like the main big team. It was like Vicious and like Dynasty Entourage and like uh, Miami Devious. Like those were like yeah. the big baller teams in D2. And Aftermath too. Like I think Aftermath was D1 at that point. But um, 
there was some heavy hitters and like in D two I didn't we didn't really do that well. Uh, but we we what, never played D two. We we went from D three straight to D one. Okay, so that that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. I was like yeah. I don't ever remember having to play play you guys, but like I remember the D one squad and you guys would go at it like a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so. And I remember watching you guys in D1, and that the D1 aftermath team was phenomenal, like just crushing and just had this swagger and like yeah. intensity and like just oh, yeah. you know it was like it was like a gang, you know, it was like they're yeah. they're coming out there ready to brawl and like yeah. in a in not like actually physically, but yeah, but in a sense, I think. Mike Kinman, and the more that we have these shows, and we, I hear about people's upbringing and stuff like that. It makes me so much more and more and more thankful for Mike Hinman and what he for provided sure. for us. It was unreal. And it, it really was kind of gang mentality. We showed up. We were there for business. And and we had everyone's right. Like, if uh, if you did one of our boys wrong, I mean, everybody was kind of ready to step up. Even if we were kids, we probably all would have got beat up. But <laughs> the mentality was there. You know, we had each yeah. other's backs. And it was just all in on uh, showing up, winning, being gritty, putting in the work, you know. Yeah, and I know that was like how you same type of that trauma gang was was pretty yeah. wild, and I had I had the like Oakland posse, which was insane. Yeah. So yeah. we all had like these wild crews that raised totally. us, you know. And it wasn't like this foo foo thing. It was no. pretty rowdy. It was uh, it was pretty intense. You had to and- be tough. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of the stuff that happened, I don't even know if I want to say it on the show to be honest. But nowadays, yeah. people yeah. are going to jail. You know, yeah. like, yeah. which, which is, is, is lame. I mean, I love, I love the way the older guys like yeah. didn't care that we were underage. They'd rough us up, you know, hit us, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. And, like if we were out of line, we were getting abused. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's like you know, like in in Miami Rage, dude. Remember Miami Rage? Like yeah. that was like yeah. the yeah. version, yeah. but like on a way crazier scale. But I, you know, just like sidetrack a little bit. Like that's why. And Grayson Goff said this many years ago. He's like, that's why not a lot of pro new pros have taken. I agree. These pros off the top, you know, because I think their upbringing was so Soft. strong and and laid such a strong foundation that like is keeping them in that in that area that it's hard to breach that and it takes a lot longer because those guys have a whole different you know upbringing and breeding and like training uh they they overcome the the mental the physical every all those aspects um but Mm -hmm. you know those dudes those those mike hinmans and those like paxton those like billy serancis like those guys nikki q was like those it, I always think of it as like, you know, when you see a movie and like, there's like a really tough dad. Sorry, there's like a little gnat here. Kyle, Kyle just killed a bug. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not very nice, dude. Yeah. Improve. I was going to say Oliver's one of those guys too, though, actually. He was, yeah. he was really gritty. Really, you know, he really is one of those like Mike Paxson kind of guys. But it's a testament because that's how he was brought up in paintball. Yeah. yeah. Mentality. And I think, it, I think the way that, um, those older guys kind of groomed him transcended his game. Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, like, like I was going to say too, it reminds me of like, you know, movies when you see a real, like maybe like a tough dad on his kid, but then the kid, like eventually later in his life, he realizes like, man, that was actually really beneficial to me because it engraved these traits and like these fundamental paintball fundamentals into me that I know, like, I have these calculated things. So, um, 
got off off topic a little bit there, but like the the trauma guys were the same way, and uh, it was great because those the trauma guys really had a good relationship with all you guys on the West Coast, and I you know I started uh, becoming such good friends with these these trauma guys, and then I would hang out with them at the event, and then like maybe Marcelo would walk up and say hi, and then they would be like this is this little shithead kid, Kyle, like, or like Damian Ryan would walk up with Tally, shout out RIP. And like, yeah. uh, he would walk up and then they would slowly introduce me all these guys. And like, you know, I remember, I still remember like the first time I first time I met like Brandon short, who <laughs> at my, in my eyes, like as a snake player was the epitome of like who I wanted to be. So that was like, you know, meeting Especially my Kobe Bryant no, and Michael Jordan. There was no one yeah, better like, than Brandon short at that position in that time. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so that that was that was pretty amazing, and so that kept me that kept me going, kept my my drive alive. And um, I was driving like three, four hours to practices by myself at sixteen, and like then driving Whoa. home like uh, three three four hours each way. Uh, and I just had like a permit, so I remember I had have to be like <laughs> I have to get on the road by six or five because I can't be driving after nine. And like, uh, yeah, I was like, just had a, a, like a provisional license. Um, so what I was getting to is that D2, when I got to D2, um, the whole organization basically diminished. Like there was an issue with money. So trauma and all the great lot camps, just like, it was like, sorry guys, like good luck. Whoa. And I was crushed at that point as I was like, dude, what am I going to do? And th- this is fast forward. This is my senior year in college. I'm 17. I'm like, dude, this was like, I, I was like planning, you know, on the long haul to be able to get on trauma and to like still live in this little beach town in North Carolina, be with my mom and uh, go to community college. And I remember like a bunch of kids from the squad were going down to Florida to play with Palm Beach Vipers. And so I was like, I'll, the, I kind of had like a, a, a open door to go down there and try out and, and play on the team. Um, but it wasn't like a situation where like, Hey, we're going to fly you down. You can go back to your home. It was like, you got to come <laughs> down here. You know, we're not paying for that. And you're still probably gonna have to pay more money, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember I graduated high school and I remember like I was at this hotel um, with my mom and grandma for some reason. And I remember sitting there and talking to her. And at the time, you know, uh, my grandma is a is, was a college professor. She actually just retired like five years ago, like you know, like whoa, like early seventies retired from from teaching uh, as as a college professor. And she really wanted. She was adamant about me going to college. I, I think even more so than my mom. Uh, even though my mom was a college graduate too, and I basically said like, I. I, this is, I, I want to go do this. I will go to college if you guys want, but like, I'm not going to be able to play paintball anymore. And I, I said it in a pretty like rational way and not begging them to let me play paintball. But my grandma was like, you can always go back to school. You can, you have to take this opportunity right now. Uh, and like, I remember her saying that and I got so excited and she, she was like, you can always go back to school, but you can't, yeah. do, you can't always do this and you have to take it and you have to run with it right now. So they sent me off to Florida. I drove down um, by myself, in my car, and uh, got on the got on the D two team there. Hell yeah! Played there played like a vent, and I like 
begged the coach Ken Bryson. I was like, I need to be on the D1 team. Like put me on the D1 team. And I, I wasn't ready. And like, that was also like, a, uh, can attest to a lot of, uh, where I'm at. Cause I always was asking teams that were way out of my skill level to get me, give me a chance. Even if I'm like sitting on the bench, like I want to learn from you guys and I'll, I'll pick up my skill level just being around you guys. And I kept having to do that and, uh, you know, beg these teams. And then, so I played, you know, a couple D2 events on there and then played almost a full season D1. Um, and that, but at this point I had built a lot of great relationships with the guys in California. Um, especially Marcelo was, was one of them. And I was like, I, I would, I think I was talking to him one event and I was like, dude, I'm just, I think I'm like kind of over this. And I, I, I think I'm ready for a change. And he's like, why don't I try to get you on the aftermath team? And this was, um, this was like the end of 2009. Nine, yeah. Yeah, and Aftermath had won all four semi-pro events. Semi, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and he was like, I think I could get you a tryout. So I talked to him, and I remember um, I was still living in Florida at the time. You guys, the pro team, actually flew out to Florida to practice damage, and Hinman was like, you're going to go to that practice, and you're going to play with, with the pro team. T- Tyler, you're on the team too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> I remember there was a funny uh, story uh, in the checkers with the bum. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> you oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that story. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. bypass that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably not. COVID say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I played there and I, I remember Dan Wake was a coach of Dan. Shout out to Dan. He helped me so yeah, much Dan. with like, dude, just like my overall physical abilities. Like this is what you need to train. You need to get faster. You yeah. need to get better off the break. Um, he worked with me a lot. I flew out uh, to to San Diego, tried out for the team. Him was like, all right, you can be on the team, but I'm not flying you out. Like you got to move <laughs> out here. So I remember flying back home, gathered all my stuff, packed all my stuff, drove back to North Carolina with the intent that I was driving out to, to San Diego. Um, and now we're at the end of 2009, right, right before a world cup, drive back home, hang out with my mom for a couple of days. And then my uncle, he, he's like, I'll make the drive with you and I'll fly home. So he drives with me from North Carolina. We stop in St. Louis, visit my grandma for a day. Then we drive cut down to like New Mexico and then straight over San Diego, three day trip. But, um, but dude, hold, hold on real quick, Kyle. I'm sorry to, uh, I have to interject because you're making yeah, yeah. it seem like it was such an easy thing. I, this is a life changing decision that you were making as a kid, yeah, you know? Yeah. You were I'm rushing you were through it. Like, like you were on a tangent here. No, dude, tangents are the yeah, best, yeah. but dude, this was such a brave and bold move. You quit your job. You had no real guarantees of anything in San Diego, not a place to live, not a job. Like you thought maybe true religion was going to be able to transfer you. Yeah. yeah. There was like, there was so much uncertainty. You again, just were so committed to your goal of playing professional paintball. And you saw this as the best opportunity. You decided to pack whatever you had in your car and drive across the country to make this happen as a kid. You know, you're like 17 or 18 years old, something like that. Right. Yeah, 18. Yeah. You know, and I'm 500 bucks to my name, dude, like that's insane. That's crazy. That's not, you, you didn't have a bunch of help. It's not like your parents said, here's a couple grand, get out there. We'll get you a place. You know, yeah. you, you did this all on your own and, and you didn't just decide right away too. You put a lot of thought into it. There's a lot of doubt in doing it. And, and, yeah. you know, there was a lot of hesitation and you decided to just go for it. 
Yeah, no, it was, I, I, I don't know like what was, what was in me at that point. Cause like, I just, I wanted to reach the top and I was going to do everything I could to do it. And like, I would even say, you know, now I'm like, I'm slightly more hesitant about, you know, life changing decisions like that. Like Tyler, you know, you just moved to Arizona. I'm sure that wasn't an easy decision to make. And like, yeah, those are decisions now that I still think about. Like, I think about, I get like scared almost sometimes if I'm like, oh man, maybe if I had to move or something like that, like those are, mm-hmm. and, but back then I was just like full yeah. throttle. Like, yeah. Totally. I wanted whatever it was going to take, I was going to do it. Uh, and that's the way you should be when you're young, truly. Um, don't, don't be reserved. If uh, I mean, every, all the, all the uh, adults are going to tell you to, to take this path. This is the path. This is the path that yeah. you got to follow your heart, man. You got to yeah. follow what you want to do. And, and if ever there's a time to, to throw caution to the wind and do whatever you want to do, it's when you're young, because as you go grow older, you're going to be more solidified in these areas and it's not going to be as easy to do anything. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, like make mistakes and failures and whatnot. Yeah. And like, just to, to go back a little bit, like, I, I don't know. I think like not having a dad, you know, was a little bit harder for me as far as like a, a behavioral aspect. So I wasn't yeah. like the most behaved kid, um, yeah. which was you're awesome. such a troublemaker. <laughs> so bad. Like, I, I see you skipped over the story of how we yeah. first met. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we did. I did skip over that part, but I'll go back to that. So uh, I'll just tell that story because I think it's okay. a funny story. Um, but bef- like before this story, I, you know, uh, not having a dad, I think that, you know, my mom was like, she would punish me, but you know, moms like they're going to yeah. give in after a day, like grounding you or whatever, taking yeah. your phone. Uh, <laughs> so basically, uh, I, like as a kid, dude, I was getting like detention all the time. I lived right next to the school. So me and my friends would like run into the school and like on the weekends and like just cause mischief, get in trouble, get suspended, like just doing really, really stupid stuff. Um, and then, uh, but fast forward, that goes into like, I, this is kind of, this is actually how I met Marcelo. And uh, this was like, I feel like this actually might've been the first time I met Brandon Short, but I think I had met him one time before. So I was um, friends with this kid on the D2 team and he was really good friends with Damien. And Damien was like, hey, let's go over uh, to the Ironman house. And, I was, and this was a 2000... Sure, I don't know, 2006, 2007? World Cup, I think, yeah. 2006, 2006. or seven. yeah. Um, who's that guy, Mike McLaughlin? Was yeah, so that? 2006, 2006. Okay, 2006, he was on the team. So he's like, let's go over to their hotel. And I remember they had these like little like two, three-bedroom condos. I get over there, I walk in, and inside the, the condo is Mike Paxson, Short, Marcelo, and then I didn't see this Mike McLaughlin guy at the time. He was like in the room. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, these guys are drunk and I'm hanging out with these guys. We're all, like, you know, having fun, partying. Um, and I remember Short came up to me and he's like, hey, I'm going to go pee in this plant inside the condo. Go over there. <laughs> you pee in the other one. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm doing anything this guy says. Right? And was, so go over there and, like, sh- Short finished uh, going to the bathroom before me. And I'm still standing there peeing. And the, Mike McLaughlin walks out and he's like, what the fuck? Like, who is this fucking kid? And he's freaking out on me. And I'm like, no, no, no. Short told me. And Short's like, I don't know, like, who this kid is. Like, get out of here. <laughs> get so, uh, 
and you're peeing in a plant inside of our condo dude (laughs) dude it was so bad but that was i will blame that on short that's a a short move dude yeah Yeah. that's a short move um and then you know i remember at the time too like uh we were leaving and you everyone had went to their rooms and like we were kind of got kicked out but like they got they weren't like kicked physically kicking us out they're like just you guys gotta go and i remember being in this room with this uh a teammate at the time and he was like dude should we uh all their gear bags are out here. Should we take their jerseys and sell them? And I was like, <laughs> what? No way. I was like, like, these are, we just got to met like our superheroes. I was like, you want to take something from them? And like, and obviously like they know that it was us. We were the last ones there. Like what's wrong with you? So yeah. we leave. And then, uh, you know, like that was a pretty staple moment of like, just, you know, getting to meet all the guys. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't. I, How old were you? How old were you there? I was 16. Yeah, just a yeah. young troublemaker yeah. having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so um basically, you know, long story short, uh having paintball has given me like I'm an only child too, so like this is giving me brotherly figures, uh like a sibling figure and also father figures, like yeah. tons of father figures. So, you know, my mom who was like the caring, you know, would, you know, give me anything I wanted, anything that she was capable of giving me. And, and nurturing and giving me love like I had the paintball side to teach me like discipline and like ethical decisions and I also just started seeing that I was just making my mom more upset and disappointed yeah. versus then making her mad and that hurt me worse I mean you constantly hear people saying that like yeah. just seeing someone upset or disappointed is way worse than seeing them angry for sure um, so that yeah. kind of started to click and I you know got out of that um uh, that bad, that, those bad traits, uh, <laughs> getting into a little trouble here and there. Uh, yeah. Well, it's and, natural, dude. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a kid, we all, you know, have some little troublemaker yeah, traits. Yeah. yeah. Some of the way it here is. and there. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, fast forward, like Marcelo, super thankful. And like, I always give him credit for this, like helping me get on the team and get out there. And, you know, mouse at the time too, was a big advocate for that. Um, so I, I remember we drove up, um, back to the story, I'm driving across the country. The way it was timed, like we didn't have any time to uh, to basically like go stay the night. I drove in from New Mexico through the night to the morning of the first practice with the team Whoa. on Saturday. And I remember, dude, him was <laughs> ripping, chewing my ass out like all day. And he's like, if you're going to play like this, you're going to go home. Like you can just turned the car back around and I remember telling my uncle because I knew him and at the time I'm like hey he's gonna say stuff today and I just need you to really not say anything and stay in the car or just hold your tongue please do not get involved no matter what you see what he does physically or vocally please just don't get involved and then after he was like dude what the hell is wrong with that guy and I'm like thank you for not saying anything uh and but Hinman I mean I've had the luxury of playing under Hinman as well um, he's, he's one of the best to ever do it in my 100%. opinion as a coach. Uh, he, he, he will be best yeah. divisional coach ever to walk the face of this earth. In my opinion, For he sure. has brought yeah. so many players up in his way of teaching young players, not only how to play the game, but what it takes mentally to be For a sure. top right. competitor, you know, That's great. Right. Those, those fundamentals, you know, to get you from like a, a point of like D4 to semi-pro. Right. Yeah. You, there's no one in the game that can yeah. 
fast track that better than Hinman. You're right. And then, and, and then the kicker is that next step of semi pro to pro is up to you. Yeah. It's up to then like, there's only so much another person outside of yourself can do. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike Hinman can only do so much for you. You got to do the next chapter for yourself and take all that stuff that he's taught you and do the work and work your ass off to get to the top level. For sure. Know? Yeah. And then, so in uh, knowing this, like going out there, um, I was, I was staying, Hinman was like, you can stay in my home for as long as you need until you get your feet on the ground and find a place to live and a job. So, yeah. um, Dude, what a I, guy. I lived with him and I lived with him and for a month, um, while I was doing that. And I remember, dude, Marcelo was like, I, I like, you know, have like so much uh, gratitude for you doing this, but like Marcelo would literally go with me like almost every day to every other day to go like look for a place to live or like try to help me find a job or try to do everything he could out of his own, like his own day that like. I, I even go back thinking about it like dude I that's crazy. I don't even know if I would be able would do that for someone else and like that's something that I always think about in my head like is that wrong of me because like I'm like man that was so amazing and so thankful that like dude. you know to to be that giving uh, which is you know I'm so thankful that because I wouldn't be where I'm at for you know if I, I actually wasn't. I call him the giving tree Marcelo that's what yeah. I call him yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was happy to. I, I thought it was fun. We met some cool cats. When we went yeah, we did. Yeah, we thought we had some good yeah. ideas. <laughs> we had some funny places, dude. We we yeah. would leave one place and be like, "Hell to the no!" Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll never forget the one place by San Diego State that you ended up moving into. We left because we sat there for like forty five minutes. I remember, like, "Oh, you guys want a drink? You want to hang out? Yeah. You know?" We're like, "Well, we're, we kind of have, you know, this was just a meeting, but yeah, okay." We left, and it was yeah. like, "That's the one. That's the spot." Yeah. Sure. Uh, no, no, it was it was amazing, and like so, uh, I moved out of him in space, and then um, I I wanted to skip uh, forward. So like we get to World Cup, um, and I'm I'm playing with with semi pro aftermath, and I I wasn't get, I wasn't starting, I wasn't actually getting to play that much, um, and like especially through the prelims, I think I didn't play like really any point. I played like maybe five or six points through the whole entire four games um, in one match. Uh, him and was like, I need you in between the points to hold a gun at the 50 Dorito for when players need to, if someone's gun goes down at the gate and they have to be able to run halfway across the field so they can get that gun for you and you can run back in the pit at 10 seconds. And I remember like point four of doing this, we're blowing this team out. And I was like, this is so degrading. I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> and I'm thinking of my, and I like, that's my ego getting to me. Like I wasn't thinking about the team at the point. I was thinking about myself. I was like, dude, I got like, you know, kids from like Palmy Tripers that saw me abandon that team to like come over here and play. And like, I'm just standing here being like, you know, just not playing. And I was like, it was, it was hard on my ego. And I remember oh, after yeah. that match, we won 7-0. After that match, him and came over and he's like <laughs> ripping everyone for, for, for the mistakes, you know, cause that's what it takes to, to win, you know? Um, and then, he came to me and he was destroying me for, for not doing that after four. Like, he know, there's not, there's nothing that gets by Mike, you know? And he noticed that even though they were winning, I thought that like, maybe he wouldn't notice. Uh, and, you know, it was good at the point, at the moment, like a bunch of people stuck up for me, like Rory, there was some of the pro aftermath guys there that stuck up for me. Like, dude, come on. Like, don't be so hard on him. Like that was that's such a shitty job. It's like, you know, picking up pods, like no one likes doing that stuff. 
Um, but it was a good learning lesson for me to like not forget uh, like my work ethic and like do when we're at field still to the say like I'll 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 be the first one to go pick up a blower. Like when we're like if we're practicing you guys or whatever, like something needs to get staked in. Like That's I don't right. mind doing that stuff, and that that was like a big part of him and his teachings. Um, well, I, I want you. I want you to tell the listeners just how hard it was, though, Kyle, because I don't think that that's really been conveyed through through this uh, message here. Just how how grueling that experience was, and you didn't quit, dude. And yeah. I, I would say that nine out of ten people would have quit. You didn't quit. Yeah. And now, now you're able to reap the rewards because you did not quit, man. And like I said, for for people listening out there, you have no clue how grueling his experience was, um, it was, it was, it was some next level stuff yeah. and he stuck with it. You I know? didn't get in the clipboard. I heard some, uh, <laughs> some stuff said that probably wouldn't repeat on here and like, but, yeah. uh, it made me strong, <laughs> but you know, like, so that it made year, you strong, bro. It made you strong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so like the end of that year happened and, uh, him and, and I, like, uh, we kind of had, a little bit of a falling out, like one inner inner season practice. And, you know, he had done this with a lot of, a lot of players, but you know, it wasn't, you always knew that it wasn't for sure. But one, one practice, like I, I remember exactly what happened. Actually, there was a player like in the snake and he, he was like looking down the tape or like something like that. And caught, and him and was across the other field and he was like, Kyle. And he like pointed at the snake guy and he was like, he was like going like this um and just for the listeners Kyle's waving his hand kind of in like yeah. a get him out motion right yeah get him out motion and so I'm like him and he's like yeah like this like get him out like pull like motion his hand towards his face like you know in a waving motion so I'm like hey uh I think you're out like him and this is across the field and he's like all right and then him and comes over there he's like dude I was trying to get you to tell him to look over here and like at the point at the time I'm like Mike you just can you calm down for a second and just realize like how hard that is for me to under to read your mind for that and he's like you know get pack your stuff like you're cut like you're off the team and i in the i've seen i i saw it happen so many times it was kind of a test like you can still come back to the team it's just like you're done for the day you know leave your gun and stuff over here but that was kind of mid-season so i went home and I remember this, I think this was on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and that's convenient. Yeah. And talking about it. Yeah, exactly. So I remember driving home and uh, I was friends with Short and Scott at all the time at this at this moment. And they're like, hey, Glenn Takamoto is having a Super Bowl party. Why don't you come by? Um, so I go over there and like Short and Scott could see I'm like kind of in my head and like something going on. So they start, they're like, hey, what's wrong? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like if, if paintball is cut out for me in general, like I was like, is this like kind of what it takes to be over here? And they're like, no, just, it might not be the right fit for you at the moment. Um, but like, I don't think you should worry about, cause I, at this point I was in San Diego and I was like, I don't yeah. know if paintball is the, is it for me, but I want to live in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. So short and Scott were basically like, come to the Ironman tryout. We want to get you on, we want to get on the team. So I go out and try out and I still wasn't, you know, that good at the time. And I remember it was like me, Ryan Cohen, who's an old X Factor player, Kenny Rosenberg, shout out, one of my favorite snake yeah, players Kenny. ever, um, and this guy Adam Geis, who was a Midwest guy. 
So Shout out to Kenny, the key maker. That's what we call. Yeah. <laughs> so out of those four guys they were trying out, I was actually the one that didn't make the team. But then when they went back and talked, um, you know, there was some political stuff going on and, and they didn't want Kenny on the team. So I was the next runner up. So I got on the team, um, oh, wow. but I was like not even in the picture for playing like the first event of 2010, which was Phoenix with the Ironman. So I had an opportunity to go play with RNT all-stars who was like a, a mix of like old Miami rage guys, um, yeah. Jerry, like, yeah. um, Damien, all those dudes. Yeah. And, uh, I, I played that event with them. We got second to dynasty entourage. And then I remember going into the next event, um, which I think was Chicago. Um, Rodney is asked me to play with dynasty entourage and pro. And so I was like, hell yeah. So I remember like, you can play with them because you're not playing with us because you're not ready. Um, but if you, if you play the Ironman, you're, you have to sit out the match. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not even that good. So yeah, so yeah. it wouldn't matter, whatever. And Kyle, before you go on with the story, you keep reiterating that you were not that good. Um, what, if you can put it into a context, what was the changing factor that made you good? You, would you say? So the biggest thing I would say, and I always say this is like, is just the experience of playing better players, like putting yourself in difficult situations and like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting to like a big Rolodex in a sense and data logged in your brain so that, you know, when you're confronted with a situation, you're able to like look through that in a millisecond and, and execute it for you. You gonna say something, Marcelo? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. When when you're done, sorry, she's a thing uh, and I do, so we don't. Uh, cut okay. Each other off. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry. sorry. I thought you were raising your hand. We should have keyed you in on this before it's the okay. show. Yeah. I, like, I, I came stumbling in late from the golf course and didn't. I wasn't able to, to, <laughs> to properly start <laughs> us off. Sorry. It's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much like it yeah. was just it was that's it. forcing yeah. myself into situations, and that continued on. And I'll get to that here when I got to dynasty, yeah. but like, you know, yeah. putting myself into situations where you're forced to learn quick. And I yes. tell guys that all the time, like put yourself in difficult situations. It sucks, but that's, what's going to give you the most growth, the quickest. Totally. Um, yep. and it's I, not going to be easy. Dude, it's not- <laughs> yeah. And like to, you know, uh, and I was going to say this at the end, but like I, along with the experience, like Marcelo is saying this too. And I always say at these BKI things, I'm like, you have you have to look at it from a business standpoint. Like you got to network with these pro guys because when you are ready for that jump, like those are going to be your guys that you can like tug on their shirt and be like, "Hey, can you right. can you help me with this opportunity?" And that's what like you guys were in Malice, and those guys were for me to get me to that next level because I did go up and ask you was that annoying kid that would ask you questions at the event when you're like, get out of here. But like, if I could get in, you know, two, three questions or 10 minutes, whatever it was. Dude, let me just say, I loved you, Kyle. Like I remember you when you were a little kid, I was on Oakland and you came up to me and I literally had one Jersey. Like it's the only Jersey I had for my whole seat. Like, I don't know. They didn't give me very much. Actually, I meant to get this right. I'll never forget you coming up and I was like, bro, I'm so sorry. I literally only have one of these. I, I wouldn't even have a jersey to, to wear. And uh, I'll never forget you, Kyle. I'll never forget that moment. And dude, I'll never forget us joining in 2013 on yeah. Dynasty winning yeah. championships together. And I think I never told you that like the first day. I was like, do you yeah. like I always yeah. remember that? Like 
Yeah. That was that was 2005 World Cup. I remember That's asking right. you, and you were like, I can't get away. And I was like, dude, I it's know. all right. But it's just <laughs> great to meet you. Like, Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget it, dude, ever. Yeah. yeah. And so that's also, too, like another um, reason, like Kenny, I've always had the most respect for Kenny. He's been such a great friend because I think that next following year, uh, I talked to Kenny and he's like, dude, I'll give you my jersey at World Cup, like when I'm done with it. And I remember they had just lost, you guys had lost to Avalanche. Was it 2005 or 2006, Marcelo? Do you remember that? Um, Or was it 2007? It was 2000. Eight, two thousand eight. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, two thousand eight. In the in at World Cup in the um in the semi pro division, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand eight or seven. Sure. It was right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the- two thousand eight, because Mouse, I was on the Ironman actually. Okay, and, and okay. Mouse had gone back to aftermath that year. Okay, pretty sure it's two thousand eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I came up to Kenny. He had just lost. I could tell he was crushed, and I was like, "Hey, you know, sorry, tough loss." But you did promise me that jersey. Yeah, cough it up. <laughs> <laughs> he took it off. It's a two XL on him, and every anybody yeah. knows Kenny. He's like five foot flat. You know, like this jersey swimming on him. Uh, and I was like, dude, you have no idea how much this means to me. You you've been like a such an inspiration to me all my life because you're like a short guy like me, and and yeah. uh, I, I still have that jersey to this day. Like I'm no, that's one of those jerseys I'll never give away. Um, but you know. Also, um, something I skipped over too is like, dude, when I uh, was a senior in high school, I was, and you guys know this, I was four, seven, four, eight, like yeah. junior, senior uh, year in high school. My my grandmother was like, I think there's something wrong um, with his growth. So they, I went and got like, did a bunch of checks and uh, tests and like x-rays and, you know, CAT scans, all this stuff. And I had a pituitary gland deficiency actually. Um, so my body wasn't producing the amount of hormones that, that it should have been. So like your wrist, when they x-ray it is like a tree trunk and it tells you by like these rings, how Whoa. old, like how old your body is as far as like development. And at the Dude. time I was six. <laughs> Blake Yarber just said that we're a uh, heritage of trees in the last episode as well. He said uh, that our D- our DNA is from trees. It kind of blew yeah, my mind. I'm not is. sure. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> uh, our, our DNA resembles the DNA of trees more than like just about anything. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like, I guess how your bones work. There's like, they can tell by these rings, how, how much your body thinks is developed. So my body, even though I was 16 had only developed, like I had been living for like 12 or 13 years of life. So there was like a three year lapse, um, which was due to this pituitary gland deficiency, not producing enough hormones. So they were like, we need to put him on human growth hormone or he's going to stay under five foot. Uh, wow. And I was a little scared at the time. My mom was a little scared at the time that I like, trust me, I have nothing to worry about. Like there's, there's, he needs it. Like he does, he has a deficiency. So we're not overdoing it. It's not like a, you know, an adult taking steroids. Um, and then I started getting on and I was like, thank God I was getting ripped. Like, <laughs> dude, I felt so good, like so much energy. And like, I remember just go to the gym and then I would get out of, the gym and just eat burritos like and i was ripped and like uh but which set a really good foundation for for my metabolism my body and just understanding like you were finally living like the normal people you know normal levels and and a lot of people that are deficient in certain things and you have to go and uh get it sorted out yeah and so so thankful that my grandma you know caught pointed that out but 
I do want to jump back in because what I was going to say, uh, Kai, that, that I think is super important for me watching your development as a player, and it's something that all the players that I coach or that we teach, I, I'm sure you've been asked the same thing. I'm sure Tyler has as well, is like, what can I really do to get to the next level? When you came out and, and drove out to San Diego, made the move, the whole idea and the reason that I was willing to try to get you a spot is because I saw that you had everything necessary to be a top level player. You were an incredible athlete. You're, you were very fundamentally sound. You had already done everything that you could to maximize your skill, given what you had. You couldn't go any further where you were. The sure. next step is, like you said, playing better people. That's the only only way that you can get better. And that's what I always tell players is, well, look, first, work on your fundamentals. Work on all of your skills. Be a, be a top athlete. And make sure that everything that you're in control of that you can do on your own is as good as it's going to get. You know, yep. you know, As good as it can get at that time. Then it comes down to playing better people and being put in these these situations against top level players that are going to make you pay for your mistakes. Yep. That way you learn not to make those mistakes. You learn how to break down the field in a, in a, in a more efficient, more effective way. Yep. And to me, when it happened, you know, it actually happened relatively quick in my opinion, where you went from struggling to be on the semi-pro team in 2009, end of 2009, so 2010, Yep. To where you were playing with the Ironmen, and was that that was 2011 was your first year with them, right? No, no, 2010. 2012. Yeah, 2010. Okay, yeah, 2010. Yeah. yeah. Oh, then am I thinking? No, it was 2012. Is when I felt that you had your breakout year with the Ironmen. Yeah, yeah. It took me a little bit so, to get my feet under. No, me. no, dude, that's not that long. So yeah. my, my, so my point is, is like you went from kind of struggling in semi-pro to being a major threat in the pro division after two seasons of playing in the pro division. And what I thought is with the Ironman, you were starting to play every point. So you were seeing top level players on a consistent yeah. basis. And yeah. student, the moment that you got that opportunity to play against really good players on a consistent basis in a tournament setting, your game went from zero to 60. You just elevated so fast. Yeah. And so like, that is a, just a testament to players. You know, they're like, oh, I wanted to play another year in D3. No, screw that. Skip, skip ahead, and like I get it. You don't want to mess up your ranking, this and that. Look, it might be a tough. That's, that's bullshit, dude. It is yeah, the no way. best way to yeah. learn for sure. As, yeah, as often as you can, go and play against the yeah. best person that you can. You know, oh, yeah. find, Tyler, you always say this: find the best person at the field and play them one on ones. Find the like. I remember I always give major love to Bobby, dude. When when I was um, coming up through the ranks on aftermath, and when I first got on the Ironman, I was 15, 16 years old. He would grab me. We would drive out to Vegas, hang out with our buddies from LTZ for the weekend. And we'd yeah. always say, we're like, we're going out there to practice. Everybody would be too hungover. They wouldn't practice. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby and I would wake up Saturday and Sunday and just him and I would go to the field. Everyone else was like dead. Wouldn't, wouldn't come. We would go to the field and play one-on-ones over and over and over and over and over. And, yeah. and in the beginning, he would just beat the brakes off me. But it got to a point to where I was beating him, you know, yeah. and, and the tides were turning. But that was, I actually have always, like Bobby was a major, you know, everyone that does make it in any sport, in any, anything in life, you have mentors along the way. And that's why it's so important to understand the value of mentors. Because if you have too big of an ego, you're never going to be mentored. You're never going to accept that, that help from people that are going to assist you in whatever journey you're on. 
Sure. And, and mentors are crucial. You look at the greats. I mean, Kobe Bryant, his mentors were Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, you know, Bill Russell. He looked at Tim Duncan, all of the greats he, he took from them. Michael Jordan, same thing. Like all the greats, that's what they do. And that's what you have to do because people, yeah. people have already done it. Now you can carve your own path and make your own uh, way, but you have to, you have to look. And so anyway, to cut it short, I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but that for me, that's what it was. As soon as you started getting consistent spins against top level players, your game just spiked, you know? And, yeah. and, and that was, to me, that was really the start of your paintball career. This the total rebirth there. Go ahead, Ty. Sure. He, was, he was building the Rolodex. He was building his Rolodex and he was getting ready for 2013 where we yeah. formed Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, you know, a big reason for that too is because like Billy Wing retired. Uh, Miko left the team. Oliver went back to Dynasty uh, yeah. 2011, I believe that was. Um, and I was forced into a position where I have to make myself a you know, like a veteran, like I was like forced into a veteran, veteran spot, a starter. And like, um, I was working at die at the time. Um, and I became the team manager and like, I'm like, Whoa, that's crazy. 22, <laughs> 22, yeah. 23 at this, at this time. And I'm, I'm like dealing with all the flights and the hotels for all die staff, all the pit guys, like all the techs and the whole team. And then dealing with like, all right, our pods order, like who's got what job, um, which was great because it was uh, it, it taught me a lot of stuff, but I also feel like it was um, kind of not letting me fully be a player at the time, and that was like a little drawback to what I wanted. But I was so you know involved with everything, and I liked where I was at, and I liked having that position um, and and being a starter on the team and having a lot of say. Um, and I remember it was uh, and just really quick before I go into this. So remember, like I said, I was getting all second places, all second places. When I played with R and T, um, we got we got a second, we got a, another second place, and like so, it was uh, slowly, slowly, um, you know, just getting those only second places. Palm Beach Tripers World Cup Division One second place, never just getting that taste of winning a national event. Um, and then same thing with the Ironman. It wasn't second places, but we were like constantly third and fourth for uh, like 2011, 2012. So I remember um, they for World Cup 2012, um, they were they brought on Mike Hinman to help coach with Skinny Kevin, and you know Hinman and I like we kind of had like a little bit of we butted heads after that situation, but we grew to have like an amazing relationship and I'm have the utmost, you know, gratitude for that guy, uh, for what he taught me. Um, but at the time I was like, Oh man, I think this is going to kind of like put a, throw a little wrench in what we've been building, you know? Um, so I think, and that got a lot of guys, uh, kind of timid. So short was actually the first one to make the move at the beginning of 2013 in dynasty. And he was like, dude, come with me. You're kidding me. Like, um, let's go. And I was like, nah, I think I'm going to stay. Like I am working at die. I'm the team manager. Like I'm getting to play. I, I don't know about this. And he's like, dude, if you don't come with me, this is going to be like the worst mistake of your entire life. And I was like, yeah. All right. And I he finally was, just, he wasn't wrong. Dude. He, wasn't he wasn't wrong. wrong. <laughs> uh, so I come to the team 2013 and it's like all of like anybody that we pretty much had the, 
the dream team of like yeah. you know, of fun skill <laughs> like superstars you know just everything you wanted we got hk uh yeah. we have you know every all the pieces were there uh, and everyone just like mesh instantly like you know shout out to like dalton just a hilarious yeah. amazing person uh yeah. and like dude and then i got to play with oliver again um i i think he was just like you know that was towards the end of his ironman career when i was there so i could tell like maybe he wasn't at a point of happiness he he was ready to go back to dynasty but then when i got on dynasty with him i got that like pure oliver like just life valuable information on all levels um, Dude, those those years, the the amount of information that I know you picked up and I picked up are revolutionary to the to the growth of my development as a person and 100%. as a player. Like just unreal. Yeah, it, it is unreal. And and uh, Kyle, it's funny you say that maybe it was a little dull towards the end of his Ironman career, but I I had the same Oliver you had probably at the start of his Ironman career. That's when I played on the Ironman with him. You know, so yeah, to like came back to Dynasty, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he was just such a major source of inspiration on and totally. off the field, and um, to this day, I mean, that I, I just did his his eight day course. He puts together these different um, personal development courses. Uh, his most recent that was the, ho- was uh, the, the hawk. hawk, the hawk. Yeah. yeah, major shout out. And you know, it's funny. It's a lot of the practices are things that I already do. You know, because I, I've been around Oliver, and and he, all the dynasty guys are very into. Um, how can you become a better person? How can you work on yourself? How can you, you know, grow and find new ways? And Kyle, you're, you're the same, obviously. Um, And so it was nice, you know, in quarantine, I'm sure everyone can relate to just jumping back into bad habits and uh, (laughs) like gyms are closed. All the stuff that keeps you on track is closed. And it's really hard during these times to, you know, stay disciplined with what you're eating and and all of the above, you know, I'm sure everyone's drinking a little extra wine and beers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, You know, it, it was nice to just kind of jump back on track for eight days and, and, you know, reset. And so hopefully keep some, some momentum moving forward. Yeah. What, what's it, it's the razor sharp edge. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The razor sharp edge. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of different courses. Like, uh, there's Beautiful. one, the gentle warrior. Um, I'm probably going to check that out yeah. too. Again, it's, it's, um, it's just a really good way to kind of get on track, you know, and hold yourself accountable totally. to things. And, you know, again, a lot yeah. of it isn't necessarily practices I've never heard of, you know, there's some stuff yeah. in there that's, that's definitely Oliver just has there's a, a great l- way to, uh, a lot of people probably that. have never heard of it though. You know, like a lot, yes, like exactly. you have, but yeah, yeah, a lot exactly. of people probably oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Totally. I totally agree. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, sound like I, I know it all or anything. It's just, um, no. I've spent most of my life trying to tr- figure out how I can be better. You know, that, that's yeah, what I, sure. you know, all of us, we try to do that kind of stuff. So when you, when what's you what's his website, there, I'm so sorry. Um, I just, I want to make sure that we boost yeah. him as much as we can. Okay, with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's the razor sharp edge or razor sharp so. edge. Um, yeah. I, let me find out real quick. So everybody go check it out, Oliver, and support Ollie. You know, this dude is putting out so much beautiful content for the people, and we need to support him. He's been such a revolutionary player. And he gave us so much. Like, yeah, man. Did. We got to give really back. Yeah. yeah. He gave everyone like a milestone to test for. It's like he gave, <laughs> yeah. gave us the, the Michael Jordan of basketball for paintball. Like, for but, sure. Um, it was crazy what he did. So and it, Kyle, let's, let's, after this, we'll dip back into your yeah, story yeah. here. Yeah, it's Razor Sharp Edge dot teachable.com but i actually think that's just a link to my course um look if you if you go to oliver's instagram he has it on there uh oliver white yeah. cloud sure everybody knows what his instagram is 
I think that yeah. link right there in his bio will take you to his, oh, his website. It's ollielang.com. And yeah, that's and it. Take you there. I right. was thinking that. Sorry, I should have interjected. Yeah, sorry. Totally forgot. Yeah, ollielang.com. That's it. That, that has all the juice. Uh, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. Um, and this is something I was going to mention, but I'll just say it right now because we're on the topic of Oliver. Like this was like 2014 or 15, but um, I was like, I was like, going through like just a, like a lot of just like random anxiety, uh, just like about nothing really. Like, um, uh, I don't know what the word for it is. Like nothing just really. Life. That, not yeah, just life. Like be- yeah. going into an adulthood. Like that. Totally. I'm you know I'm, I'm away from my family. Like I'm here. Yeah. This is me. This is my life. Like I'm the only person that can take care of me. And like, you know, going to Europe and and traveling alone and like that, those were like really anxiety driven. Like I would almost have like panic attacks. And I remember talking to Oliver about these things and he was like, dude, that's natural. Like that's your body, like, you know, giving you all these aspects of how to be happy. He's like, don't you think it would be boring if you just felt happy all the time? (laughs) He's like, then you wouldn't know what happiness is. You have to deal with the struggles to understand what success is and what happiness is and to feel good. He's like, you need those. So be grateful that you do have anxiety. Don't suppress it or don't think it should go away. Like just observe it. And I did like, that was such an impactful. And like he introduced me to Osho, which I know you guys have, you guys have read. And like, that was, you know, um, for a lot of people that don't know, he's kind of like a, I would say almost like a, you know, just a spiritual teacher, kind of like guru sense, but like, just not a specific belief in any certain religion, but just like soothing life, you know, giving you an understanding of, of like, you know, that life isn't meant to be like, you know, overstressed about like all these certain I, little intricate things. You hit on something very powerful, Kyle, and it's observing, like being the observer and watching your actions, watching and not not tying emotion to it and not tying getting all caught up in it, but observing it and learning from it and using it as a point of reference to bounce off of and grow, right? Because that's really our objective. We want to grow. Yeah. yeah. That's actually a a big uh, point in the Hawk program that Oliver has. Yeah is the hawk is supposed to be you, you know, watching yourself from above, from kind of this person kind of view and and being hyper aware of everything around you, your actions and how you're interacting, uh, you know, with the environment, with, with people around you and just, um, not missing anything, you know, being incredibly observant like a hawk is right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the whole, the whole theme behind it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. So as we're getting kind of towards uh, the end of, of this story here, like, so I got that first year on, on the dynasty and, you know, I, I still think I had a, a lot to learn, which I did from dynasty, especially, um, but we came out firing <laughs> and won that first event dominant yeah. uh, and then turned around and won the second event. And yeah. I was like on top of the world and I was playing with our chaos in Europe. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I was playing. I was playing a regional, uh, regional tournament with them. It was like uh, Slava's league, the CPS. I was playing that, so we were dominating that, and then we were we didn't win. I think we won two of them, but like the Millennium, like we were top four every every event. Just super, and for any of you guys, like I know, I know a lot of people know who our Chaos was, but like it was the line was was me, 
Mishka, Sergey, Fedorov, and Malloy. That was like the, <laughs> the main five. And I'm like, dude, it was such a cool experience to be dominating the US, dominating that. And then that was actually the first time I was getting to go to Australia, won two events over there. So like 2013 for me was like, yeah, all that buildup, all those second places, all those hardships, all that stress. It like, that was like such a relief off me. Like that. Yeah, it was like it an earthquake. Off. Yeah. I was it like, it was an earthquake, dude. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. And then like, yeah, I think it, you know, it carried forward and like we, we finished out strong. We won that season, you know, we had an unfortunate like event on that third event that we could have maybe won. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and going back to like one thing too, that I was going to bring up on like, what makes you a better player? So like dynasty, like Alex and Ryan and those guys were still trying to figure out ways to, to make me better. Cause I was still like, you know, a fast, strong, you know, threat in the snake, but my survivability wasn't that good. And that was cause like, you know, maybe I was, a, I got like frazzled or like I was getting too like worked up that I had to do something. So they forced me to play tons of two-on-ones where I'm the one by myself, like in a corner. And that, that I always tell kids, you know, if you can't play better people play two-on-ones because that yeah. puts you in that uncomfortable position and you learn how to, um, efficiently deal with a tough situation. And that will translate into your game because, you know, that's, a, you know, besides that's giving you like, it's definitely not in your odds, but it's still giving you somewhat of a, of a decently fair fight that you can, it's really hard to kill one of those guys. And then if you do kill one of those guys, now it's a 50, 50 battle and you're tired and you dealt with the two on one. So those really helped, advice. helped I love me that. elevate yeah. my game, um, to be a little bit more calm in the snake. Um, and then, so like, so going forward now we're into 2014 with dynasty. And then this year was kind of a struggle, but also I think a big help, uh, for my own mental space. Um, going forward with the team, but so that was, you know, we, we kind of had a rough year and then, you know, didn't do that well. And then 2014 Riverside fourth event, we we're playing that, uh, um, what I forget Challenge, what the challengers, name. the Ch- uh, elimination. Cons- sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Consul- I forget what's the mat. I forget what the term was called for that match. I don't know. All I know is we had those yeah, well, uh, football it. style jerseys on. That's yeah. what I remember. <laughs> with the numbers on the you swore they were cursed. Oh man! Um, uh, as soon as I saw him, I said, "Uh oh, yeah, this is bad." <laughs> yeah. So uh, the regulation match, regulation. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah. And it was us in Houston Great Heat over here. Yeah, you in Houston Heat to see who has to play semi-pro the next event <laughs> that so, was the year though that houston heat wasn't that great right they lost all the yeah, russian yeah, yeah. oh yeah because they're on our chaos yeah, yeah, yeah which our chaos even was up and down out of the out of the right. challenger yeah. division like yeah, two yeah, or three yeah. times i mean infamous was down there there was a lot of good teams that got down there i was kind of a silly idea my it was mind, but crazy yeah whatever so we so I remember going to that match. We were kind of, the team was torn on how to play the field. And I remember before that match, we were still torn. And I remember like thinking, God, I just hope we don't lose this. Like <laughs> we can get through this and everyone can just be on the same page. Didn't happen. And that hit me so hard because I was like, yeah, dude, I've looked up so much to this team my entire life. And now I get to help them. And I, I have helped them. You know, we've, we had a good, great season last year and dynasty 
is dynasty. Like they don't belong in the semi-pro division. Are you kidding me? Like, it wasn't semi-pro. It was the the challenger I think it was semi-pro, but I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. it, like I was like it hit me so hard and it stuck with me because I was like, I will never let this happen again. You know, if, especially if this is how it continues on. Like I will never. I'll do everything it takes, and so that translated into 2015. Um, you know, we had, uh, we did, we won, uh, MAO 2014, huh? Yeah. The second event, I believe. Yeah. So we didn't, it was a, you know, complete wash. We won an event and then, uh, you know, we, we had that crazy match in the challengers division against infamous, um, yeah. came down to one-on-ones yeah. ever dude. And all of our matches against infamous were like that in 2013 too, 2014, yeah. like really wild. Um, so fast forward in 2015, you know, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't win an event all year and, you know, uh, we're coming into the, into that world cup and, uh, a lot, a lot of practice is, is going into it. And just before that, um, event Dalton and I were playing with the ML Kings in Europe and we got second and Houston, he beat us out in a really close match that I think we could have, could have won. So we we're going pretty hungry into, world cup and uh, i mean everyone i think is, has seen this and everyone knows what what went down but i i literally remember thinking that in in my mind i don't know what point it was but like it was definitely just marcel and i left on the field and i remember thinking like dude i like i cannot like i thought about when we went to the challengers division in that moment and i was like i cannot let these guys down again uh, yeah and like you know, I they, everyone's always like, "How did you think to do that?" But like, Marcelo, like when you watch the video, Marcelo is actually picking up Fedorov and and uh, and Malloy. And like, if he hadn't shot those two guys, like you know, one of those, one of them, I might have shot one of them, but one of them would have shot me. You know, so like, and I remember Marcelo and I were like, we couldn't see each other, and we're just like, <laughs> you could hear the terror in our voice. Like, are you alive? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, are you alive? And he's like, yeah. And we're just like, oh, hold on. <laughs> and I just, then I just hear these guns, like machine gunning, like right outside my bunker. And it's Malloy and Fedorov, like stacked right next to each other, trying to shoot Marcelo. And like, I just like, okay, come up. And like, they're just standing out in the open, looked at Marcelo as like, Marcelo's like clipping them, shoot those guys. Um, and then I'm like, I just got to go back and watch the gate. So there was like a lot of luck in it too, just making like thinking about, you know, making those right decisions. And uh, it's not luck, dude. It's not luck. Like yeah, you, 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 had, maybe too. you had the understanding of, okay, shot these two off the, off the right side. They're, they're gone. Got to watch the gate. There's like five seconds left. I mean, again, that's one of those moments where it looks like you're just totally winging it, <laughs> but you're not because you yeah. put somebody that doesn't have that experience in that situation, they're not going to make that shot on Greg as he's trying to hit the buzzer. You yeah. Know? That was the one person I was like, okay, this guy shot, this guy's this guy shot. Oh shit, Greg. I remember thinking, Oh shit, yeah. where's Greg? And I just yes. had to take a look at the gate. Yes. Like, dude, that's, that's not luck, man. That's, that's yeah. preparation. That's uh good timing. That's experience. That's, that's all those years of hard ass work, man, paying off to, so that we could hoist you up. Dude. Yeah. And we won the world cup. That was insane. That was insane, dude. That was, was wild. I knew I shot him, but I knew it was like so close that I was like, dude, no one saw that. And I remember there was this ref, his name's Austin, the tall guy, the tall yeah. ref, yeah, yeah. who I'd actually been having problems with the past few years. He'd call me on a lot of like 
bullshit over shooting calls. One time he like kind of need me in the back to get me off the field. Like we were constantly <laughs> feuding. That's the only ref that I know yeah. to this day. Yeah. Really yeah. like, uh, and, and we're cool now. Like he, apolo- he apologized to me. So a couple of times I've apologized to him. Like, sorry for getting heated with you. But that was actually the ref that was standing behind me. Like they could see literally down the side of my gun, like what I was looking at. And he came up to me while that was going on. And in my ear, he, I remember him whispering, like, I saw that you won World Cup. Dude, so for me, first of all, Fedorov should have got a major penalty. Yeah, um, yeah. I roasted him and he kept coming and shoots me, but I was like, okay. I again, we talk about this all the time. I'm like, I'm coming off the field. I'm not risking a penalty. Yeah. And as I was coming off, I'm I'm obviously watching it break down. You can see it in the video too. You're jumping. Because I saw you shoot Greg right before he hit the buzzer too. You know, and so as soon as I saw the hit on his leg, I jumped celebrating because I was like, dude, they got to get this right. They got to get it right. Yeah, yeah. And, and then was, I was like still like unsure. Yeah. And then when the ref came and said that to me, I like, you know, when you watch Dragon Ball Z and they go like super <laughs> my body felt like that was the best high and feeling I've ever had in my entire life to this day. And like, I just remember like running down the sidelines, like yeah. just an immense, just energy, just booming. And, uh, well, you also had a uh, bright golden hair, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. think yeah. <laughs> the tradition and we kept doing yeah. it and lots of other divisional players and, uh, started yeah. doing it because of that, which was dude. You're the yeah. ultimate trendsetter. That's why yeah. Kyle Karen. You've got you got the brand. Yep, yep. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually rocking some Lyle Karen. Everybody go dial in on lylekaren.com. Support yeah. Kyle. He's got his clothing brand. I got I even got the background on my uh, on the YouTube here. We got yeah. Lyle Karen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was like definitely one of the most amazing experiences of my entire life, bro. That was insane insane yeah and then so <laughs> you know fast forward we play um that next year we uh you know had, that's when that's when impact started uh getting on their on their horse and, and starting to take a you know pretty dominant position in the pro pro league um and so you know we i, I believe that was uh that first event was vegas we took second place to them mm-hmm. i believe um yeah. and then uh you know, we were we're starting to uh, just not not play as well. Lose a couple of players here and there, like kind of retiring, not playing anymore. Um, yeah. And then some teams started asking me throwing throwing some pretty decent size offers at me. That was like, you know, and I talked to the to the guys on the team, like the elders, you know, Ryan and Alex and and Yosh and those guys, and they're like, dude, you know, it, there comes to a point where it's just like you always have. Uh, you have a family here and like he's like you you played with us for you know not that much money and then ryan was like dude go make go make some money for a little like you know like take some opportunities and and you know go go try some new experiences and he's like you're always welcome to come back you know like he's like you you're you're been nothing but but good and like same thing it's just been an amazing relationship and that's why i'm always like still so thankful and still hold a great relationship with with all you guys um and so you know, then yeah, we, we miss you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, anytime, anytime, buddy. <laughs> and then uh, I remember Tyler was gonna give me shit. He's gonna clobber me leaving the team. Uh, and so um, yeah. you know, play that that year with with Ironman uh, or the two years, and we didn't have like the most successful. We got one second place, and we had some uh, difficult events, but like uh, just great, you know, learning experience uh, as far as you know more kind of like a leadership role um mm-hmm. 
with more of my skill level than when I was on the Ironman the first time. Um, and then obviously now, you know, th- super thankful for Todd this amazing person. We're still really good friends and there was no hard feelings on, on that separation for this year going into impact. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, talk, talk to me about playing for impact, man. What's that been like for you? Well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously we can't, we haven't played, you know, that much, but I was pretty, uh, you know, a, a lot of these teams, when we go to different teams, like a lot of the players, you know, because you, you've played with a lot of these guys, but impact that squad has been pretty solid and like stuck around. So I had never played with any of those guys besides mouse and then Trevor who came with me. So, um, but one thing that I, you know, I did love about that team uh, I do love about that team is like everyone and it's the same thing with with you guys um, everyone was like such, at just a high level of paintball IQ that like if you have an issue at all like you know you uh, it gets handled it gets handled right away and, and gets Absolutely. fixed and, and that's that's one of the benefits of playing with a you know a really strong veteran um, elite team uh, and nothing against like you know Ironman and like look they just won the, the first event you know and i yeah it's obviously bittersweet and it kind of like you know i've yeah. got a lot of crap for that but you know i yeah. nothing but happy for them and i think you know i i had no doubts that if the year would have kept going we would have sat in a, a really strong position and you know won an event or two um yeah well i mean no disrespect to them but i think they were surprised as well yeah <laughs> you yeah, know like, like that was like whoa you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah and a rod yeah. played out of his mind and yeah. And it's so funny. I remember Archie was giving me crap after, and I was like, Archie, you cut Nick, and Nick's yeah. on the Ironman, <laughs> and you got beat by them twice in the same tournament, which is yeah. really hard to do, especially as X Factor playing the Ironman. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to hear from you. And, like, <laughs> and Marcel and I always talk about this because it happens a lot when we're, you know, in the last few years when we're playing each other because you'll play the team in the prelims. Yeah, that's right. And if they <laughs> – Whatever team, you know, like you don't want to face yeah. that team again unless you have lost in the prelims because, you like, know, you last year with we played on Golden State Kings is me, you, Ryan, Archie, Blake Yarber, right? We had we had a great squad, yeah, Johnny, yeah. Charlie, um, Rainey came in at the end, but we kept losing the impact in the prelims and then, and then yeah, on the yeah. Day, like, we, yeah, smoked them. And then I remember towards the end of the season, we were like, wait, 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 we have to play impact again. If in we start pre- winning, if we start winning, should we just like let them win to keep it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was, I think there, was it the, was it the last event that we beat them twice? There was one event where I think we did beat them in the prelims and then. Yeah. I don't remember which one it was, to be honest. I, I think it, I think it was Amsterdam. Yeah. I, I feel like it was. I don't remember because they they won Prague, so we didn't beat them on Sunday in Prague. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't remember, but you're right, dude. It, there, it is always that thing. Well, there's something to be said about it too. When you get beat by a team, you have more to learn. You yeah, know? And, and if you have yeah. an experienced team with experienced players, you're gonna figure it out. You know, you 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 realize what was exposed and you can ad- ad- address it. But if you uh, win and aren't faced with any adversity, it's hard to to learn until you get slapped in the face in the later Sunday rounds by something you didn't, you weren't prepared for. Yeah, that's right. No, I, I agree. And I mean, you know, so that's kind of, you know, where, where my story is, where, where I'm at right now. Um, and yeah. it's just kind of, you know, it's unfortunate that this is how the year ended up, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so, I, 
How have you been navigating this madness, man? How have you been navigating COVID times, as we call it? Call of Duty, bro. Dude, Call yeah. of Duty and uh, school. <laughs> school has been keeping me busy. And then also, um, besides like teaching clinics, I've been uh, coaching teams a little bit more, which is Good. awesome because that gives you that you know that com- that competing edge and it's like uh you know that actually brings up a, a good point that uh i was talking about that are earlier that which you know if it regardless if it's you know paintball or whatever and i know that you guys probably feel this and everyone feels this at some point in time when the, whatever they do for a long amount of time um but like there are times when you're just like, man, I don't know if like I still my heart's in paintball or whatever it is, you know. Um, but like the the biggest thing that like I think paintball gives you is just that like instinctual urge to compete, like to yeah. to have a challenge and to like I'm that's what like I'm so thankful for paintball still to this day because like it gives me that like that level of like compete at the top. And, and really just test myself and, and get that challenge. Cause you don't get that, you know, even like we're talking about video games, like it's not the same, you know, it's not that no. physical. And like, I was, uh, I, I, when I started dating this girl, like I was showing her some stuff about paintball and she's like, how do people get like that excited? And like, I never remember, like she did like gymnastics stuff. So like, I never remember getting that excited. I was like, well, when you're doing it, like at a high level where it's so hard to get that first place or, or win, uh, you're just overcome by emotion because there's so much, so many hours that go into one moment. And then, mm-hmm. you know, to get that fulfillment is like, yeah. there's, you know, it's not, it's hard to put it into words, you know, because it's totally, you know, but yeah, that, those games are, the games are so short and you put in literally like days on days on days on days on days on months. And then you just keep grinding and grinding and then the months turn to years and you're still chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. And then finally, like Maddie Marshall says, one Sunday it rolls around and yeah. you and the boys are yelling at each other out there yeah. and, and holding yeah, that yeah. trophy, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's such such an uh, uh, incredible, incredible feeling, like the yeah. epitome of like sports and, and competing just in general. Um, For sure. That, that feeling, you know, is, is uh, something that everyone attains to, to have. For sure. Bro. Um, How have you been staying healthy? You've been able to work out still? Yeah, and do all that? they're not they're not as quality workouts, but like I, I've been running a little bit, and I have we have some like weights in the garage. I do like good. <laughs> I, I'm still in, in shape, and I have good metabolism, but I'm not in like yeah. peak shape. Once paintball starts, I'm definitely gonna have to do like a two month you know grinder. But, yeah, yeah, dude, it's hard to motivate in the in the garage. You know, <laughs> you know it's like. Yeah. Uh, and there was, I, you know, right when the gym started to open back up, they got closed down. I was like, I remember I the one day I was getting ready to go back in the next day they got closed and I was like, ah, yeah, but, dude, it's been brutal. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, one thing I wanted to say about that, that whole story, um, and it, you guys, you brought it up earlier and I listened to, um, it was a Tim Ferriss podcast. He was talking to this, you know, billion dollar investor and the guy was like saying, he's like, man, you want to take those risks when you're, when you're young, because and you said it earlier, Tyler, because you have your failures aren't in like mm-hmm. the stuff that happens to you aren't as, you know, That's right. detrimental because mm-hmm. you have, you still have supporting factors depending, you know, most likely you have a parent or grandparents or, or something that is going to allow you to take those risks. And I think 
you know, even though I kind of had to work a lot for myself, you know, I, I still knew my mom and my grandma had my back, uh, which allowed me to be full force with those risks. And like, you know, now I'm, you know, taking risks, you have to be a little bit more careful as an adult. So and that's when, you know, as, as a kid, you just might as well, you know, take yeah, those, that, that opportunity. And especially those teenage years where you just need to try to do everything you can. Well, you have time Absolutely. to recover, you know, you, you can yeah. make these big mistakes. You have plenty of time to recover before the responsibilities are too big. You know, the older you get, the closer you are to having a family and you do have to save and plan for future and stuff like that. Um, but also on top of it, you, you get so much experience from those failures, you know, and from those different yeah. ventures um, that it's, it's tremendously important to your growth. You know, Gary Vee talks about it all the time too, you know, fail as often as possible when you're young, 18 sure. to 24, 26, 28, even just try stuff. If you have a passion, pursue it, try it. If it doesn't work, don't buy into the conversation that you need to be, have everything figured out at 22 and own your own place and all this stuff. No, you got time. You got yeah. time. Look, we're, yeah. we, we all just turned 30. Tyler, you're 31. Um, you know, I still feel young. I feel like I'm 20, right? Same. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not, it, 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 we're always in such a rush when we're younger. To, what was, whoa. <laughs> we're always in oh such a rush. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, the horn I, for the I, field. I, Everybody yeah. go, go, go. <laughs> I got the NXL right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that my girlfriend's dryer. Things loud. Oh, nice. There's oh. a dog, dog over here. He freaked out too. <laughs> big, big boy over here. Hey. Oh, yeah. There he is. Jackson. Jackson. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, man, yeah, you gotta no, fail. You gotta do it. dude. Yeah. That's definitely, you know, part, part of it all, part of the whole puzzle. And like Oliver's good, you know, he always, always explains that. So totally. Yeah. Um, you gotta fail up, man. You gotta fail in the right direction. And, and I know Kyle, um, it hasn't always been easy for you, buddy. No, uh, yeah. you know, it's been a long journey for you to be sitting where you're at right now. Um, but for, for players out there that want to, you know, do something similar to what you've done. What is some good advice that you can give to aspiring pro players? And a step further, you've specialized in the snake side. Um, and, and what does it take to play at the top level on the snake side, you know, in the pros? So to answer the the part of the question of the, just like, you know, what does it take to get to the top? It's you know kind of like what I've been talking about to do a lot of the podcasts for me, just, you know, networking, becoming friends. Like I know a lot of these guys are, are a little modest or they can be a little shy, but like you got to break out of that and you got to start building friendships. Like totally. Um, and then that, you know, comes along with your hard work, but it's going to pay off because those two are going to combine and become hybrid at some point. They like same thing for you guys that became your friends. And then I did the other work on the side so that when I got to a point where the, you know, I could be at your guys level, then I'm, playing as your teammate and I'm still learning from you guys And Marcel and I like when we went to the every time we go to these BKI camps and we're like there's there's like a certain level for some reason like when player gets to like D3 D2 they feel like they can't learn anything from paintball clinics anymore or like yeah. from a pro which is so odd what's like, up with that yeah <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it because I'm still learning from you guys like we're yeah. all learning from each other like exactly you know like we go out there and like Marcelo, Nick Laval, and I were all working on the same field together. And like with Nick's a newer, newer guy we brought on to that. And like, I know, like I've 
just from him talking so much, I learned so much more just like about the way he thinks about the game. And as a teammate, like that stuff's good for me to know because I play alongside him. I know how his brain works. Like, as an opponent, it was great yeah. for me. Yeah, exactly. Was- <laughs> you know, you're always learning, like learning stuff, and uh, which is yeah. which is awesome. And that that's what I think. And, and I know I I think the the argument to that is that like a lot of the clinics you have to be tailored to all levels. So you're like, dude, I don't need to go over snapshot. I don't know need to go over sliding. Um, but there are ways, like, dude, all you guys do it. I do it. Ryan does it. Where we're going to help specific teams. And that's when you really get the the good the good bits and gems of knowledge um, from like yeah. you know trying to reach out to these pro players like especially for for these guys that are on already on teams already that have maybe have two teams if you have twelve guys twelve to fifteen guys whatever dude chip in everybody chips in fifty to a hundred bucks and you have a pro to come to your practice. It is like it's valuable knowledge that you can get. Every single time that I have gone and done a clinic or an event like that, there's players on the team that say the same thing. And they come up to you and say, I honestly wasn't sure how much I was going to learn from this. And it blew my mind. Yeah. 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 Every time. Period. Every single time. Period. Yeah. No, yeah. it is. It's because you like the, they have like, they're most of the time what it is, is they're the top at their field. They're the right, top yeah. divisional player. So they've kind of, they're in, stuck in this place of like, this is what I know. Obviously I know I can learn more, but I don't, you know. So then when you come out there and you you basically logically break their train of thought or what they've been stuck in this tunnel vision of, of thought and open their mind to thinking outside the box for concepts, they're like, they retake it in because it's usually spoken by us. It's pretty logical. It's easy to figure out. And it's like a, uh, aha moment where they go holy shit and like yeah. <laughs> I, really, I didn't think about that and and you know i always say this too um for pro teams like when we were on the ironman i was like we got to go travel to other regions because like when the the teams that play in the regions they start to to follow trends like you know like say you, there's a conglomerate of like three teams in florida and they're always playing each other they're going to play a similar style and then when they right. face you know impact on Sunday and they haven't seen all those different looks of playing style, like West coast fastball or East coast, like a little more slower pace. Like if you haven't seen all those elements, then you're not going to be fully prepared and you're going to have to pull something out of your ass to like, to overcome a a hard game because if you're not prepared for all those different scenarios. So it's like, that's a one thing, you know, I, I advise for other pro players is just like, make sure that you're fully prepared for everything that could happen. And if you can only play your team, then you need to set up situational stuff. Like this team's up bodies, you pocket versus wide breakouts, like all those different components. And like, you know, the Island drill, which I think dynasty, you know, has really uh, made a staple as like one of probably the most essential drill that you can do to help you learn a field and learn the aggressor and, and, and slower sides, but also just a great fundamental element of like, knowing who needs to like be on their horse and who needs to value their body. Um, now to answer your second part about the snake thing, um, there's two, there's, you know, the three biggest components I, I, I've thought about like one obviously is like survivability. Yes. Two is consistency. And then three is like, you constantly have to be a threat, you know, whether that's, making the other team have to worry about you or, or you have to take advantage of those holes 
um, mm-hmm. and, and take two to three players off the field a couple times a match as a front guy in general, you know, you guys know that like whether it's on the Dorito side or the front side, like you have to consistently be doing that. Um, and then when you're, when you're held up, you have to know how to switch gears and, and give that support to your middle guys or give that support to your Dorito sides. And then also know when to flip the switch and turn the field when the focus goes on to where that other side of the attack um, totally. It's all about the pressure, right? Like you're, you, you have the ball and you can feel when you have two or three guns on you and you have all that pressure. That's good too. Cause exactly. then you're able, you're able to take that ball, pass it to another player, be like, yo, this is what I got on me. And it alleviates your teammates and they can start to make things happen. Yeah. And, and yeah. to, um, another thing I was going to bring up when we were talking about mouse earlier is that like in my earlier years of playing pro, like I would say probably from like, I don't know, 2011 or 12, all the way till like, I don't know, maybe it was like 2015 that I finally realized this. But like every time we would go head to head in the snake, he and I would be so worried about bunkering each other for our own egos that like we, it took us out of the game. Like we were not, we're not even like helping the team at that sense. Like we are, <laughs> and we're going to shoot other players, but like on an overall, like nine times out of 10, like we were so concentrated on just shooting each other. And you see that constantly by these, by front players, they want to get that guy right off in front of them off the field because they're so worried about like, you know, bunkering that guy for their own selves because it's fulfilling to bunker a guy. And also like, you want to make that guy like hurt in a sense because you want to get in his head. But like, there was something that clicked for me, um, you know, towards the end of, uh, my years playing on dynasty. Um, there was two things. One, Rusty was like, Hey, stop engaging with people only engage with people. You're not going to get kills back here in the God and the snake one. And then the insert bunker, like you're going to get kills up in the snake five. But every time you engage with someone, you're giving someone a 50, 50 chance to shoot you. But if you get up there to the snake three and the snake four and the snake five, you're going to shoot all those guys in the back across the field and then you can, yeah. And then, so like that, you know, that was something that stuck with me. And, and because of like, with that, along with Rusty saying that I was having a, a bad, like portion of the year and Rusty actually sat me for like a whole event. Um, until that got engraved in me. And then I remember just thinking like, dude, I, what am I, what have I been doing this whole time? So like something, <laughs> something, ha- something clicked where, Dude, now when I'm teaching front guys, like when I'm yeah. going to teach uh, clinics or whatever, um, I'm like, dude, if there's someone in the front of you in the snake, don't even worry about that guy. Get up to like the 50 snake or even in their snake and shoot those other three bodies across the field. Shoot the back center of the guy in the Dorito corner and the guy in the Dorito. And even if that guy comes over and you're in his same bunker and he shoots you in the ear from point blank five times, Think about it. You're in a five on two now or four on two. You won. You won. Like, yeah, get, go That's for right. like, go, like go in as a front player. I feel like you should always have that mindset going into the game that you're going to get, a, get two kills for your one body. And yeah. you know, sometimes obviously you're going to get more sometimes, but like yeah. go with the intent that you're going to get your one kill to get your team that advantage. And you're not leaving the field till someone else comes with you whether they bunker you off the field or you get, or you maybe pick up another kill, but like you need to value your body at that point so that you can insert yourself so far up the field that they're forced to give up a body or you're going to get more kills. And the old, yeah, it's like, 
you know, it's that's a, the old Mick, the old Mick pick too. Exactly. And that we're yeah. <laughs> talking about that too. It's the same theory, you know, like, yeah, you got to think of that numbers game and you got to realize, okay, I just killed you. You've seen so many times someone kills like one or two guys and they just run down the middle of the field to try to get another body. Nobody knows that he shot those other two bodies and he gets blown up. And then it's totally. like a three on four. And those four, those four guys get surprised because they didn't know the two guys are, had got shot. So they're shooting at spots that are, you know, not even occupied. And then the three team is surprising them. It's like, you know, I think that's what really like the, the main, the main tools are. Um, and you have a big responsibility, man, as a snake player. Um, you know, it's a lot on your shoulders as the, as that lead player yeah. on either side of the field um, to, to make those crucial moves and get those crucial kills to alleviate the pressure for the rest of your guys. And uh, without you alive, just simply, like you said, being alive, being consistently alive, being there, that does a tremendous amount for your team, more so than you being the badass battler that, yeah, you win 50% of them, but then you get shot and then you're dead and, and it's just not helping, you know? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's like, you know, for me, like, why am I going to sit sit there and try to battle Marcelo, who who is like, yeah. you know, probably top five gun battlers in the back. Like, I'm, I'm going to sit there <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to I'm gonna try to do that with him from the snake one where he's standing up like in an insert bunker yeah. in the back center. Like, no, I'm not really, really poor choice of me. Like, I need, to get, right. I need to get up to the 50 snakes so I can try to shoot you in the side, Tyler. Like, and yeah. I'll deal with Marcelo <laughs> later if I can't. Yeah. Like, the longer you're alive in that position, the harder my job is. For sure. That's and, right. Because you have and, to respect it. Exactly. And so you're, you're smart with that, you know, uh, but it's only if you're up the field, if you're sitting in the back of the snake one, I'm not too worried about you. You get up yeah. the and don't engage with me. You get those easy kills. God, it makes, it makes our job back there so much more difficult. So much. Yeah. So it's just a, you know, there's a lot of elements obviously that go into, and it, this could be a, you know, this could alone could be yeah. a two hour yeah. conversation, but like, for sure, you know, it's it. And it's like I said at the beginning, there's those three concepts. It's knowing what the other team is doing and knowing that like, if I slide into the snake two, and I've got, and I know they're not in the snake yet, but I look up and I see that you're walking off the field, Tyler, and you were in like the Dorito insert bunker. I have to like erase what my goal was essentially, or look to blow down the field because I just knew that you were holding the Dorito lane. And if yeah. you're walking off the field, on a lot of these Dorito layouts, there's like only one spot that can hold like a lot of the Doritos. And so I have to then in turn make a decision. Do I blow, try to blow down the field before they come down the Dorito side? Or do I look to fill that hole till I can yell back to Marcelo, who's behind me in the snake? Hey, help them over there. I'll just hold over here and, and keep myself alive till we close this gap. It's like, a, there's so many more elements into that. It's like, it, you see that, you know, that's what really makes the, the elite front guys um, and especially the snake guys, like the few that I think there are, you know, who they are totally. because they can be, they can be like essentially a bad guy in the front, yes. you know, they can, that's right. kill, and they are also there to be that missile. That's also going to get you four kills and a point too. So like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've seen that a lot with these big, big bunker fields, man. The, uh, the lead snake guy will turn into the anchor and then you'll have another guy fill in behind him and he'll go. And this guy will keep holding that lane. Um, it's been really interesting what they've been doing with the fields lately. It's been yeah, crazy. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just like, a, you know, the, the game game is always evolving. Like every few years, like we, we dominated cause we played a really good slow game 
but we were able to like turn it on when we needed to. And those like points where we scored a lot of like 30 second points, one minute points. Um, but like, it's always changing. And then like uh, impact came out and they, they had a lot of speed and and power and aggression and controlled aggression. They kind of, you know, changed. We had those, those like three years where we're really perfecting the game that kind I would say kind of like AC Dallas plays now. Um, and you know, damage a little bit too. And it's just like, it's just, it's cool. It's interesting to see like how every few years, like the dominant style kind of like changes a little bit. Yeah. And like one thing I was actually like talking to like Ryan and and mouse and stuff after Vegas, um, was just like, and I, I think Marcelo, I feel like we were talking about this a little bit too, but just like, yeah, I think the Russians play a pretty unique game in, Maybe I shouldn't even say this because uh, you know Kirill's a listener or something, but I think that uh, they do a good job of of like mixing it up in a yeah. sense. You you know when you play like a you know that. when you play like a Division One team or something, and they do something completely like that defies yeah. like <laughs> yeah for sure. All like well, it's like you when know, you go and stay overseas somewhere for the first time, yeah, yeah. You know? and like it's just such unconventional play style that it all of a sudden this guy's shooting you from the from the hip, but over on the wrong side of the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know what, I I think, and I don't really know for sure if they do this. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But I think that they are really, really, really looking at the long picture, whether that's they're looking at, you know, they're looking at their final match as they're playing their first match, or they're looking at like five years from now, what, how people are going to predict how they play. But like they're, what I love about the Russians right now is they're willing to just like, they're willing to play completely unorthodox in a random game, whether it's like they're, first game on Sunday or their quarterfinal game or semifinal game on Sunday or a random prelim game, just so that people can't really expect what they're going to yeah. do. And like, you know, that that's kind of a big thing, dude, we were so dominant in Vegas, like coming into Sunday and uh, they played a really unorthodox game kind of against us. And, and they were able to pick on us, you know, and, and cause we did the same thing, but we thought that our game plan was foolproof and like, even if someone knew how to stop us, they couldn't stop us, but they proved us wrong. And like, yeah. but then also like, I think that they didn't play that strong against Ironman, nothing to take away from Ironman, but like, I, oh, once. Yeah, I agree. Um, and A-Rod, A-Rod had a big game in the beginning. Like, uh, we've talked about, Sorry, I was just going to phone call there from mouse actually. Uh. <laughs> Uh, shout out to mouse it was like a facetime and it completely shut up you guys off i was like oh, oh no <laughs> you're good um, yeah we still saw you you're good okay cool uh but yeah like sorry uh i i don't know i think they're doing a really good job right now that of to just to be completely like unpredictable but also really strong well-oiled machine you know like you guys said too yeah yeah dude uh, they are they're insane they're, they're willing to play every bunker on the field they're the one team that will go to the spot that when all the other teams go to practice, they say, yeah, that's not a good spot. We're not going to go there. They're willing to put bodies there just because. And, oh, yeah. and, and it actually, so again, we talk about breaking patterns a lot in, um, you know, when you're dissecting a game, you know, like there's patterns that'll happen throughout an event. And Vegas is a good example. It was super sta- snake dominant, right? Yeah. Everybody yeah. is like so focused on the snake. Well, guess what? That opened up opportunity for Corey Hall and A-Rod to go bulldozing down the Dorito side on Sunday, you know, and then yep. start focusing on that. And now all of a sudden LJ 
is able to make something break open on the snake side. And, and it yeah. is these patterns. That's why I, I always laugh when a layout comes out and people go, oh, this tournament's going to be one down the snake side. I just laugh, you know, like, yeah. no, you, you don't know that. You, you have to wait and see how the teams play it. And it might look that way. That is the better side. But I guarantee you that a massive point is going to be one in the center or down the other side, you know, and, and maybe even multiple points. And the whole yeah. dynamic might shift. Yeah, yeah. Totally. and that's what's so great. Like you know, when you're talking to to teams, like when you're coaching divisional teams, I know you guys have experienced this too. And they're like, "Well, what makes it like? What makes it so different?" And then you're like explaining stuff, and then you get into another concept of like, actually, I have a perfect example uh, to give you. So I was, I'm, I was talking to this guy, and he was like, "What do we do about like, say you're getting shot off the break?" And I was like, "Well, so like, if you're shooting at someone off the break." at a front guy and say he's running to the snake, for instance, and you shoot him off the break going to the snake, you can have a good guess that he's going to be frightened to run that again and he's going to go to the corner. So that's going to be your educated guess for the next shot, you know, or the god or whatever it is. Oh, um, if you're the snake, I go back to the snake. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was saying. I was like, but it's a little bit different at the pro level because like you're playing almost like reverse psychology because everyone is so far past those little those little intricacies that it's like you have to then like be like a step like two steps exactly. ahead like you know? I was in the beginning it's like okay so they just shot me going off the break they're not going to think i'm going so i'm going to go again oh wait no they know i'm going to go again so i don't go or what do yeah, i do? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like dude it's that that mind game and uh it, it's funny because it's just like you know and then also to come sunday it's like who's going to make that one calculated risk that's going to win that one point and that's like the yeah. whole match or it's like it, i always use the baseball comparison that it's like it's errors it's just like if you make a mistake on that final that's game right. on sunday that one mistake is what could cost you the game and like your paint has to be perfect your guns have to be perfect like every single thing all five players on the field have to be elite like playing really well and like strong and just like it's you know it's there's so many uh elements into it as you get to the pro league yeah dude you touch on something there that i just for all the listeners out there because i coach a lot of divisional teams i show up and and first point their guns don't work and and so i grab it well first of all i hear them playing with it and like the eyes are skipping the loader's not feeding it's shooting two paintballs and then you hear it dry firing but they're still playing with it and afterwards i'm like hey dude your gun's not working like what okay that is first and foremost, you need to have working equipment always. And so then I'll grab their gun. I take it apart and you could tell they haven't cleaned it in, in a month. Maybe, you know, there's old paint on it. You cannot succeed like that. You absolutely cannot. There's this myth that pros don't take care of their stuff. Dude, we take all care of our stuff of, on yes, top of it. All yeah. of the top pros, maybe some of the lower end pros that I probably, none of us know their names. Maybe they haven't taken care of it. I don't know. But the top pros... They take care of their stuff. And if you know how to fix something, you bring it to someone that does. Exactly. And and growing up, I always, you know, as soon as I would get home, I had a night every, every week after every weekend, I had a specific night that was 100% for cleaning all my gear, making sure my gun was totally dialed in before every single practice. Now I'm cleaning my gun. Yep. I clean it Friday night. I clean it Saturday night, you know, and, and that's so crucial. Dude, 100%. Have fresh batteries, clean your gun, make sure you can shoot straight. If you can't do these things, you're already at a disadvantage. It's insane. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many players that are playing at a disadvantage. Yeah. Even like when I was growing up, 
Bob Long's house, he had his shop there with the, with all of his yeah, guns. Of I would go early and I would work on my gun in there and make sure mine's just crispy and shooting butter. And uh, dude, it gives you a huge, huge advantage. It's your paintball gun. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. You know? <laughs> dude, and you know, that, yeah. that uh, also brings up a good, um, you know, topic to add on to that. They're like, I, I know uh, in that first podcast you guys did with Maddie, you were talking about like just how lawless it used to be, like with drinking. Yeah. Like people yeah. were just drinking like every every night, and then now it's it's so competitive that like there's no room for that at at all, you know. Zero. And that's right. There are still players that are doing that, but like there's got to be some point that clicks in your mind, dude. That if you want to fucking be elite and you want to be on the pro level and you really do want it, like you can't have those things. And like I tribute drinking a beer and and not caring for your body, like at the end of the night, to the same thing as like your gun not shooting straight. Like your or like if your trigger is messed up or like if you have a hopper that's only working some of the points, like dude, how like I don't want to come onto the field knowing that and then have to play Tyler Harmon or Marcelo Margot and and know that like you guys have a fucking advantage over me. Like or if I come out there like maybe uh like a little hungover or like not my full self or like I didn't put enough work exercising in prior right. to the event that I can, I'm going to come out there and like maybe lose a gunfight or something. And then I want to know that that was just pure me versus you. And you won that gun battle. Like, I don't want to have to put that, that sole blame on, on, on myself for some other like handicap, you know? Totally. And absolutely. Dude, that's it's just, so important. Yeah. I mean, you have to be training hard for sure, dude. So yeah. Kai, I, I have one last question for you. Um, you know, uh, this is one we always like to get into, but uh, being a professional paintball athlete, if you want it to become your main source of income, you have to do a lot of different things. You can't just play paintball. Um, some players do it, especially when you're younger. All of the travel that's included is you, you really can't put a price on that. So no matter what, it's great when you're young, but if you want something long-term, there's a lot of stuff you have to do. And uh, you're a perfect uh, example of that. You know, for a long time, even in your pro career, you worked part-time jobs. You had a great gig over at Nordstrom's. And then I remember a couple of years ago, you finally 100% severed ties everywhere else and decided to go all in on building your own stuff. Can you kind of elaborate on that and explain what it takes to make paintball um, be, you, you know, make it to where you're self-sufficient just through paintball? Yeah, like, so, I mean, and I kind of skipped this when we were talking about it. Like, I, I put school on the back burner to... Uh, to follow this paintball career. And I, I was working jobs like, you know, especially when I got on Ironman and those first years on Dynasty, I was making like basically nothing. Like, you know, I'm still working jobs. And finally to the point, you know, where I could get like to become, you know, essentially like playing overseas, getting a little bit of money, doing clinics on a regular basis. And then also like, you know, we do some BKI stuff here and there. But if you don't have that, like, I didn't, I didn't finally be able to not stop working till, um, the beginning of 2019 year with Ironman or maybe it was 2018. I think it was, yeah, it was the beginning of 2019. So I've only, this is the, like the first, you know, solid year and a half that I haven't been working at Nordstrom and I still would go back there and work like last July and last Christmas I worked there. Um, it's yeah, very but that's just hard. actually like side gig money. Yeah, that's that's right. Right. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I like working there actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's dude, it's demanding. Like even times right now, you know, like uh, 
not a lot of the pro the pro players are, are making a lot of money right now. A lot of a lot of people's um, you know stuff is on hold because of us not playing, which is just you know how it should be. Um, but like, dude, it's even more so. Like, you just have to be grinding and making sure that you're you're staying on top of it, and you're you're looking for other avenues to, you know, uh, help help the sport and 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 innovate. You know, like as you innovate and like what you guys are doing with this podcast, like you guys have been crushing it, doing so well and bringing so much to, to everyone. And, and, uh, you guys have just got like an amazing, uh, bullpen of, of people on the show. Um, but you, we have to keep doing that stuff to like, you know, to stay afloat and to stay relevant and to, if you want to be successful and, and have paintball as a career, like you have to do this stuff. I dude, like I, I don't know how Ryan has done it for this long. Like, dude, I live with the guy and he is like, dude, he is not, he's nonstop. Like we'll be driving somewhere and like, dude, like I'm on my phone, but I like, I also hate this thing. Like I, I hate yeah. that. Cause it's like, it's like work. And honestly though, like he's so good. Like we'll sit, be sitting there and like just driving, like to go surf or something like that. And then I'll see like a photo posted. I was like, dude, <laughs> yeah. You- you posted that photo like before we went surfing and I was like, dude, for me, I'm like waking up in the morning, drink a cup of coffee. I need to relax. If we go surf, like I'll think about it maybe while we're surfing and then I'll come home and then I'll post the photo then. But like, he's so on top of it and like, that's how you have to be. And he, he's just like, doesn't miss a beat with that. Like, and still plays phenomenal and does so much for the sport. And like, that's a person, you know, in my eyes, it does deserve like, you know, and you guys are doing it like, you, and like people do like Ronnie's an innovator, like Ron Dizon is yeah. just doing a really good job for the game and like, you know, taking um, advantage of just this digital age that we're in by doing like cool, like little, little digital things. And, and um, you guys are, you know, have a really, really advanced podcast show going on with really, really heavy hitter um, people that have really insightful stuff to say, not just about paintball. And like you, combining all those elements and just seeing how we can innovate and elevate paintball and, and grow it is I think the biggest thing. And the, the, the people that are trying to do that are the people obviously that should reap the benefits. So, you know, whether- well, thank, thank you, Kyle, for saying that, man. Yeah. And dude, I, I'm so proud of you, dude. You're, you're such a humble person and uh, such a hungry person. Um, obviously, like I said, I knew you when you we're a kid yeah. before any of all this. And I'm just so proud to see where you're sitting at now. Um, and I, what, one of the things that I love so much about you, Kyle, is that you're just continuously growing. You're continuously learning. You're even, you're, you're educating yourself in college. Um, you're hungry, you're thriving, you're not settling. Even at the pro level, you play for impact. You're still thriving and going for more and working harder than you ever have. And that's what it takes to be in the, in the seat that you're sitting in. For and sure. these people, that want to do these things that you talk about, they wonder how, how it's done. Well, it's right here in front of your face, man. You got to really knuckle down and you got to take chances and you got to do the work and you have to have passion the way that you have passion, Kyle. Yeah. So I'm just so proud of you, dude. Uh, truly, truly one of the most humble people uh, playing the game. And we're just so honored to be your buddy and, and to be able to watch you grow the way you have. Man. Uh, yeah, dude, I love you guys too. And like, dude, yeah, I, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for, you know, every, every, team I play on especially the pro division but like I, it, I I think it's like known that like 
you know, my heart yeah. has been with, with <laughs> dynasty. Like that, that's like, yeah. those, that's like my family. That's where, you know, I've yeah. learned so much. I spent the most years and like, it's funny. I actually, there was this photo, uh, I can hold it up to the screen here. Dude, um, yeah, baby. They, you're, uh, you're always part of the dragon. You know, that. this, uh, <laughs> this photo here for anyone that's watching it. Um, I posted this yeah. cause it was Brandon short's birthday yesterday. That's and, right. Uh, my girlfriend was like, you look so happy there. And I was like, dude, those are <laughs> the, some of the best years of my life to this, to this day. Like, yeah. So, uh, good. And I Shout out to Shorty. Yeah. His yeah. birthday. I'm actually, uh, headed out to Arizona tomorrow. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Dude. Cause we're going to hang out. Shorts going out there. Scott Kemp, Kenny Rosenberg. Yeah, I know. Uh, nice. yeah. yeah. Short shorts out here right now. I'm yeah. going to be, uh, we're going to link up this weekend and have some fun. So I'll get to see you nice. soon. Yeah. I'm headed out in the morning. I'm going to meet dude, up with Vince and go. eat breakfast and, Oh, bro. Dude, nice. You should have to come through. This is the best news I've heard yeah. all night. This I is had great. I you that when we first got on the phone. I don't know why I think of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. I will forget that you live in, uh, yeah. you live in Arizona. Dude, dude, it's hot as hell out here, bro. It is I so just, hot. Like, it's 111 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. I looked last night at like 8 o'clock and it was like 109. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun it, it makes for some good conditioning i'll tell you that uh, i bet dude you were insane a megalodon beast in the pro tour <laughs> and I, yeah, dude. I will attest and like we talked about it after too because before yeah. the week before that i was playing scott i knew it was going to be hot because we've been yeah. playing at that field a while um mm-hmm. so i was jump roping in the backyard with like full sweatsuit on just like as go. long as i could because i knew it was going to be hot like that and like dude yeah. no nothing to take away from keith like that guy is a athletic specimen but you could tell like he got gas he wasn't ready for that and like yeah um it was it was hot out there and um i was drinking transfuse so you can't lose when you drink transfuse you know (laughs) what i'm saying i actually have i have four in my bag for this weekend i know we're not gonna be (laughs) playing paintball but (laughs) it'll be good for hydrating (laughs) there we go (laughs) yeah dude that stuff is so so good i've been loving it it's like it is is, dude and you know what's crazy is like uh I, I, I honestly, when I first got approached by them and I was like, uh, it's just like another gimmicky thing. I'll try it, yeah. whatever. And I tried it a couple of times. And the biggest thing that I noticed was like, after whatever working out or playing paintball, like mm-hmm. I felt like I still had energy to go do another That's workout. Right. And I was like, That's right. dude, I never have energy like this. Like I, I felt fresh still, which was yes. so good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people, people probably think we're just bullshitting, but dude, yeah, it's like, it's unreal what this stuff does. <laughs> I'm not even really like, I'm not even really like spot. Like he gives me some, yeah. some free products here. I will like speak it, but I'm like literally speaking on it um, yeah. out of like my own. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> dude, and that's actually, um, I, we forgot to talk about this, but uh, um, yeah. I'm working for carbon paintball now. Yeah, there we go. Um, but you know, they, I've always said, uh, and the reason I thought of this is because the transfuse com- conversation. I've always kind of been like, man, I just really don't want to work for a paintball company because I think of it as like, if you work, like, say you work at a gym, do you really want to work? Actually, go back for another workout? Like, it's yeah. it's kind of it was kind of like that in my eyes, and I also just nothing against any of like you know the certain um, teams or sponsorships I play against, but I, there's never been a product that I really like. I want to be like hey i can fully back this back um your company like and and be passionate about it and honestly like dude i've been using that carbon stuff for a long time and like you guys know like especially like 
I thought those the, those protective bottoms that they made are like one of the most innovative paintball designs just in general right now. And I think they, you know, they, just how they care so much about the products. I was when they hit me up with the opportunity to start doing um, like working with them and, and doing a lot of team sponsorship stuff. I was like, hundred percent, I'm down because yeah. it's good stuff. And like, it's my style. Like, like you know, I like look at fashion. Like, I'm like a very simple guy, and that's kind of like Carbon's theme and in their branding and. So yeah. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm love that, pretty dude. stoked to, to be. Shout out to Carbon Paintball. Yeah. I love that, man. Yeah, if you're a team yeah. uh, looking to get your team sponsored, hit me up. It's just, uh, there we go. Yeah, say where, okay, perfect. Yeah, where can everybody find you? CaseBicca.CarbonPaintball.com. Yeah. Hit me with it again. CaseBicca at CarbonPaintball.com. That's my email. Well, let's make sure that we know how to spell it because your team couldn't spell your name right for the first time. <laughs> they did. Uh, you know, it's funny. Bart took blame for that too. He goes, "I'm sorry, you were in my phone as the wrong name, and I just looked oh, at no. your name on my phone, dude." And Josh Howe has done that also. There's a, a lot of people have forget always forget the C in my name for some reason. Yeah, Spica. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, here it's a K Spica S P I C K A at uh-huh. CarbonPaintball.com. Hit him up, get dialed in with some carbon paintball, yeah. and help out Kyle. That'd be amazing. And, and if you and forget, Kyle, just go to my Instagram. Yeah, what yeah. about your Instagram? And obviously, most people here have that already. But Lyle Karen, yeah. where can they find your clothes? If you guys haven't seen Lyle Karen, uh, I love your stuff, dude. I I think I only have two shirts. I need to I need to buy some. Yeah, stuff. you need to get some more. I get get you some. Uh, get you a code for there too. So okay, um, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I I I've been really passionate about clothing, um, and I'm actually working on. Uh, some stuff with um, Lamb. PTG with Play the Game podcast. Yeah, PTG. You're working, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I talked to Marcel a little bit about the clothing game before you guys got this started. Yeah, you uh, actually well, we, helped us quite a bit with uh, yeah. some of the back end stuff. Um, yeah, like we would Shopify love to do yeah. a collaboration with Lyle Karen. Yeah, I'm just going to put it we out. We should there. do that. I'm yeah. down. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, so. so um, I've been doing that. Uh, the clothing thing is something I've been really passionate about. I think that came from just being at Nordstrom and, and working there, but, um, you know, that's kind of, uh, an, something I've always thought about, like in the, in the future of, of going down, you know, the, the clothing and, and fashion, um, route, uh, for, for our next career. But, um, in the I meantime, I've just kind of been dabbling and playing around with some stuff. And actually you guys know a buddy of mine, lamb, uh, yeah. that just started playing paintball and, um, Dude, he's the man. Shout out to Lamb. <laughs> really deep yeah. in the fashion game up in LA, and uh, we're trying to work on on making some uh, some clothing and a little little project. Uh, me, him, and Mouse. Good. So should there have that out nice. sometime in the that. near future. Yeah. Well, keep us posted on that, and then everybody, you can go check out his clothing at lalcaren.com. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And then uh, also, if you have any questions, hit him up on Instagram at Kyle Spica, and he can get you dialed in there. Yeah. Um, if Instagram you have is questions Kyle about Gosling. Kyle Gosling. Oh, yeah. That's Maybe. right. Yep. Yeah. Kyle Gosling. I'm Gosling over yeah. here. Someone just took like the last two or three years. Someone took the Kyle Spica name, but it's funny. I actually know him because he's, the only, him, yeah. Kyle, he's <laughs> the only other Kyle Spica that exists. And yeah. uh, one time, I think I was like just you know, at the house board. And I, this is when I was younger and I commented on his Facebook. I was like, I'm the real Kyle Spica. And then he wrote it back. <laughs> no, I'm the real Kyle Spica. And like, uh, we, we talk here and there. He actually lives in Oceanside, which uh, is oh, what? Like, for you guys that are not familiar. It's like 45 minutes North of me. I've never met him. Dude. but like, it's just funny that like, yeah. and I'll see like, sometimes I'll run into like someone from San Diego. That's like being followed by him. And I'm like, 
That's funny. He he always messages me. He's like, you have no idea how many people ask me for free paintball gear. Yeah, that's funny. That's yeah, yeah, it's great. So be sure to follow him at at, at Kyle Gosling, Gosling, not Kyle yeah. Spick. Yeah, you can go ahead and forward any trolling messages to yeah. the other Kyle Spick. Kyle too. Spick. Feel free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. That's so All great. righty, dude. Well, shoot, we're gonna have to do this again sometime. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, baby. Oh, we love you, yeah, dude. Love you yeah, too, Kyle, guys. Man, you have the most inspiring story, dude. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that, and uh, everything you do for paintball, dude. You've been an inspiration for so many people, and we truly appreciate you coming on, brother. Oh yeah, boys. Thanks for having me. I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, really yeah. PTG on it. Yeah, dude, you're the PTG fam now. Yeah, Let's go. There we go. I've been waiting. <laughs> Hell let's yeah, go, man. Right, thank you thank so much, you. Kyle. Thank you guys. I'll see night. you this weekend, Tyler. Yeah, let's go, yeah. Mr. Rager. Yeah. <laughs> In some mischief. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother. All right, we'll Peace. Later. <laughs> later, dude. Oh, baby. What a legend, man. That was a fun one. I absolutely love Kyle. And I'm stoked. I actually get to see him uh, in the next couple days. We'll be hanging out with him and Brandon Short in the Arizona area celebrating Brandon Short's birthday. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We cannot even begin to convey how much this means to us that you um, support us and, and listen and hang out with us and have a good time on this paintball adventure that we've created. We're super honored to be able to have this platform and share all these stories with you guys. And, uh, you know, just very grateful to be a part of this community in all reality. Uh, the paintball community is such a beautiful one and, and we love it with all of our heart and we want to nurture it and make sure that all these stories get told for many years to come. So thank you guys for helping us do that. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can head over to ptgpodcast.com. That is ptgpodcast.com. And, uh, you can check out all the podcasts, some of our YouTube shows, Um, Check out the partners that we work with and have some information on there. If you want to check out the store, we have some merch up for grabs and that would help us out tremendously. We really appreciate that. And also, huge shout out to our Patreon supporters. Um, We actually are giving discounts to our Patreon supporters, 20% off of our online store and also merchandise that we have for sale on our personal Instagrams. Uh, Can't thank you guys enough for everything you're doing for us and absolutely love you guys. And we have also... Um, content that you can't find anywhere else on our Patreon as well if you sign up for that. Um, So thank you guys out there. And the website is actually brought to you by Rusty Glaze at constantpursuit.com. He's doing amazing things in the paintball landscape. If you're a paintball field or a store, definitely hit up Rusty and have him make you a website. It's the cleanest, most effective way to give your clients a really nice, elegant looking, clean cut uh, platform for them to enjoy and navigate as they look at your company or your store. And it's a huge boost for you guys to uh, to help out in the paintball community if you support Rusty. Uh, we definitely want to make sure that he's taken care of. So we're really grateful that he made our website. So you can check him out at constantpursuit.com. And if you have any questions, DM us at Play the Game Podcast on our Instagram or on our Facebook. And uh, we cannot wait to keep bringing these shows to you guys. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. And let's keep living that PTG lifestyle. Thank you.